everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and then join you here to talk about it. And, you know, we're, we're some seasons in now, but we want to give you that reminder that we always give. It's not a spoiler-free podcast, okay? So if you're worried about hearing stuff that is going to happen later in season four, could happen because it's not spoiler-free. I am Melissa, and I am here with my squiggly co-host, Fish. Squiggly, huh? Yeah, Fish, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm tired and I'm rambling, which, as we know, sometimes makes good podcasting. We'll see. And if not, I'll reel us back in whenever needed. That's the plan. That's good. So what are we talking about today, folks? Well, guess what? Guess what, Fish? Guess what, listeners? We're in season four now. What? It's amazing. How did this happen? Season four, episode one, The Declaration. This one originally aired October 10th, 2001. It was written by J.J. Abrams and directed by Matt Reeves. That feels significant. Mm-hmm. Here's the episode description. And this is the longest, most poetic episode description <laughs> That has ever been written in all the ones we've read about this show. After a carefree platonic summer with unlikely roommate Noel, the fourth season premiere brings a reality check for Felicity. The collegiate faces the agonizing realization that the real world is only one school year away. The pressure of not having her future planned out is compounded by a visit from her unsympathetic father, who fears Felicity isn't taking her life seriously. On the flip side... Ben's back in town with new di- with newfound direction. He's determined to go to medical medical school. Meanwhile, bride to be Elena and wedding planner Javier tussle over her upcoming nuptials, while groom Tracy figures into Megan's fantasies, sparking Sean's jealousy. Wow, that actually was quite complete. It's quite complete and twice the length of any other episode description for the rest of the season, as far as I can tell. I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. whoever was on staff at that point in time was a fan. Yeah, they knew what was up. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. Fish, this, when this episode started, I thought, oh! <laughs> yeah, but... There's no but. I- there is. I mean, she said that she tried to call her and she got her message. I mean, we know Sally's dead, but like, <laughs> you know, clearly Felicity is speaking with someone. It was this very season one esque yes. opening where we're going to see sort of the brown slash grayscale. Mm-hmm. Felicity's silhouette in front of a window shade kind of look to it. She's sitting on a bed. Maybe she's got a tape recorder in her hand. And I thought, no, no, (laughs) no. And then she holds the tape recorder up to her mouth. And she's Mm -hmm. like, dear Sally. And I threw all of the puzzle pieces (laughs) I was working on across the room. Yeah. I mean, why? Might. What is the motivation, Fish? I thought they haven't might. done this in seasons now. Like, it's what is happening? I I did feel like this whole episode 
did kind of call back to the first season, okay. not just in this, but really in everything. I mean, it was like the entire tone, you know, it's darker, there's like blurry images, there's, you know, Felicity's face showing up in glass. Um, it's It felt very season one to me. Okay. And I think they were trying to do that. Um, I wasn't sure if the rest of the season is going to follow that, that like they kind of wanted to bookend it or if it's just a first episode thing. Okay. Um, well, so they try to know. contextualize this because they realize they haven't been doing this device for quite some time. And even when they were for the last like half a year of yeah. episodes, Sally wasn't responding so they they have Felicity explaining why she's leaving a tape. She's like, dear Sally, tried to reach you, got your voicemail, leaving this tape instead. Here's my question. Why not, why not leave multiple voicemails or why not try her again until you get her? Because chances are you will get her faster than this tape will get to her. Well, no, because she's dead. Remember? It's true. Yeah, so she she might have been trying for like a while and thinks maybe she changed her number. Okay. Um, probably doesn't understand what's going on. I but I also noted uh, later in the episode, someone who was it? Someone was trying to get in touch with someone else and couldn't, and then sent them a letter. Okay. Sure, we'll get there. So yeah, we'll get there. But um, yeah, I did think everything about this felt very different from last season in terms of the, I don't want to say the direction, but the, the color scheme, the sort of the darkness of it, the Sally tape, like all of that, all of that, except what they kind of brought with them was the heaviness of mm -hmm. last season. So it was like really serious yeah, and it was really heavy. Yeah, it was a really heavy episode. Um, so before we get too far into it, I would, I would like the listeners to know that I did change my uh, prediction on the declaration to Ben declares his major, which I understand is also incorrect, but I just wanted to put that out there. I, um, I thought back on it some more and I texted Melissa and I said, changing my mind. Um, did you, did you text me about this? I did. And then Melissa said uh, back in text, uh, change noted, and now she has forgotten. So I am bringing it okay, up that enough. I am. Well, uh, I changed it, at least and you it changed is still it something incorrect. else incorrect. Because if you had been yes. like, I changed my, I changed my hypothesis after watching the episode, <laughs> and now I think that no, no, it's no. going to be Felicity <laughs> declaring her independence from her parents. No, no, no. Although it, I think that declaration on this on the face of it means that in this episode but like could mean a lot of other things minorly um 
I, I do think that it is correct to say that Ben is change, is declaring his major. I mean, he's not a. It's not an episode he's about him trying. going to a registrar. <laughs> yeah, but he is declaring an intention of what he wants to do, which is a whole lot further. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that, won't we? Um, also, though, I would like credit for saying that he would become a doctor. Yeah, because you're on the right track. Look at that. Yeah, they they wanted they wanted to fool us and they had tricked me into thinking he was going to be an EMT. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and he's like, oh, no, I'm just practicing for Grey's Anatomy. This is I think happening. It's, I think it's a, like a, a progression you wouldn't have seen coming, certainly in seasons one or two. But then the, I think they actually it doesn't come out of nowhere when he says it in season. Like it really builds into it. I think from the moment Avery is shot and you see him taking care of her effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's in the ambulance with her and then she dies and he sees her come back to life. And then, you know, that whole progression. And then as you noted, and I hadn't even really tracked this, but like after that, every time they showed us Ben and the rest of season three, he was studying yeah. um, and they do it kind of discreetly. You know, but they're planting, well, they're, they're I mean, working into it. They point it out quite a lot. They're mm-hmm. like, what are you doing, Ben? I'm studying. Yeah. Ben, why don't you come out? I can't. I've got schoolwork. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It feels weird because that's not usually what he does. Yeah. So I think they're definitely building into it. And obviously we didn't get to see what he experienced over the summer, but it's not a far cry to think that, um, he's now that he's been a little closer to the work he's been tweaking his understanding of you know i don't know what that is for him i don't know if that's like okay the emt initially might save your life in the ambulance but the doctors are you know gonna get you out of critical condition you you know like i don't know what that is for him um or maybe he always wanted to be not always but like he wanted to be a doctor but he didn't think that he could do it. Mm. And so he went the EMT route and then he got himself some confidence over the summer. So, so we are doing a great job of explaining future things that will happen in this episode. Let's, let's rewind a little bit. Yeah. You usually ask, where do I want to start? And my answer this time was everywhere. Yeah. Um, Everywhere. I think actually I want to even back up one more bit here and just point out, um, the original air date of this one, as I said, it was October 10th, 2001. We were now in college. We yes. were a month in, a month and a half in to our freshman year. So we were also, well, I was not watching Felicity at this point. I mean, this was like, right. I mean, it was still relatively recently after September 11th. Yeah. The world was falling apart. September 11th um, was like our first week in school. My first, first week of classes. It was not good. Um, so I would not say that I was watching this at all. Mm-hmm. This was something that I came back to senior year, I guess, when you and I watched this. Okay. Fair so I probably didn't see the fourth season until then. Yeah. Okay. So 
Okay, so Felicity is leaving this tape to Sally. And as you pointed out, this is a pretty heavy episode. There's basically no lightness almost anywhere. And it's going to start with her voiceover here in her tape where she says, so I'm a senior now. And she sounds so reluctant. She sounds very dragging on her words. She's like barely even knows what to say to Sally about it. Um, I think it sounds like she's about to cry. Yeah. That's what I noticed. Really. She's really struggling. And I don't know if I consider it full on depression or if I consider it just like so lost, she doesn't even know which way is up. Um, She does seem kind of numb. Yeah. Um, But like in a way, I would say numb, but also sad so i guess not really numb yeah um where she chooses to start though after she says that is that she basically she says she had a problematically good summer with noel yeah it was like the i guess the summer of denial for her maybe for him too um yeah it was such a weird way that she said it i mean first she's like She's kind of like, everything's great. Things have been more complicated. Like she's trying to undermine this, but her tone tells us that she's not happy. And then she asks this question, have you ever had such a great summer that it was a problem? Yeah. And and now we're hearing her continue to talk, but it's becomes a voiceover as we start to see scenes from the summer, like, well, really one scene from the summer. She, We're seeing basically a food fight in the loft kitchen with Noel. Yeah, it's a whipped cream fight. And then she's talking about all the th- things they've been doing. They've been going to, you know, for walks in Central Park. They've been going to Yankees games. Um, so they've just been sort of trying to stay kids this summer. Um, I guess. I mean, I don't remember as a child having whipped cream fights and walking around sucks for you um (laughs) (laughs) uh, then we're gonna skip to actually seeing a a scene as it happens of uh, so noel and javier and felicity are tanning on the roof Mm -hmm. of the apartment building and it looks like they've been do like it looks like this is a ritual that they've this is not the first time they've done this They've got lounge chairs they've put up onto the, or like beach chairs or whatever that they've put up onto the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they, named it. They have a whole system down. I don't know if they name it yet. No, they name it later, but like yeah. over the summer, they have named it. Um, yeah, this is clearly a thing that they've been doing on a regular basis. And we get, we get this really lived in sense in this scene that I actually don't feel in a lot of the rest of the episode where they crammed so much exposition into almost every single scene. And in this scene, they actually show us and don't tell us more so um, where they're on this roof. They're all like really gelled together. And then Felicity is talking about how her dad has been sending her these articles about really successful people, but not just like successful people, successful people moving into the medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, and Noel is 
and she mentions that she's been avoiding him. Noel, we see a lot of support between these two characters that's happening yes. throughout this scene. Like ev- at every turn, they are unabashedly supportive of each other. They're mm-hmm. validating each other. They're mm-hmm. listening to each other. And so, you know, when when Felicity complains about her dad, Noel's very supportive of her. Um, Javier's kind of taking it in. <laughs> I would say with yeah. him. But he also has just like the best tanning goggles on. Yeah. I mean, wow, Javier. Mm-hmm. Like golf club. Love it. Yeah. We have a bit of a weird joke that they threw in at this point. Javier wants somebody to apply sunscreen to him. Noel vigorously denies the opportunity. I think that was meant to play as a joke. I don't know that it did for me. Um, but then Felicity offers to do it. Javier makes a comment as she's going to do it. Like he's good. He burns like Dracula. Yeah. And needs sunscreen. And I was just trying to think, does that, does that check out? Well, Dracula slash vampires catch on fire, but, but actually catch on fire. So look, let's give it to him. Okay. You know, why not? All right. I feel, I feel like we can, I won't nitpick there. Well, we'll just, we'll, we'll give it to him. I'll save my anger for the Sally tapes. That's fair. Noel Uh, has just completed the Saturday crossword puzzle in ink. And so like he announces it like, yay, victory. And Felicity knows what that means. She's like, oh, so that means we celebrate with dinner. It's on me. Like they've, (laughs) you just, you have this feeling they've been doing this a lot. They've been communicating with each other about all of these things that they're working on or that feel important in that moment. And um, I liked this scene. Yeah, I mean, I I did like the scene. I mean, I I don't really know what to do with the whole episode. So maybe as we talk through it, we can kind of figure this out because I'm I'm stuck in this. Like, is Felicity being an ostrich? Right? Like, is she sticking her head in the sand, or you know? is this just what being lost kind of looks like for her? And I, you know, I just, I don't really know what to do with it. And then Noel is kind of doing the same thing. So it's like, all right, well, yeah, you have this place, you've been going on the roof and tanning and this, that, and the other, but he's also going out for interviews, like, quite a few of them mm-hmm. um and she's like try to do others you know it's i think as we go through just sort of keep checking in on this idea of like what exactly is going on for these two people well i think um, we'll get more information about that in the next scene so if we just close out this scene real fast we find out that Javier is Elena's wedding coordinator and it's not going well. Like he hates it. She's the worst. And um, Noel reassures Felicity that the clipping her dad sent means nothing. He leaves. And then we get this moment between Javier and Felicity where he just says, hmm, 
You know whose name hasn't come up for a while? Mm-hmm. That would be Ben. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. no, 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 it's fine. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she says, Ben will be back in two days. He's my boyfriend. I love him. Yeah. You know, she just sort of says it kind of like it's um, a bit taken for granted, I guess. Like they haven't done, like her and Noel haven't done anything all summer. So somehow in her mind, like Ben is still there. Like there's been no impetus up to this point for for her and Noel to get together. Um, I don't, you know, yeah, it's a little weird. I guess they wanted us to see the action, but it's a little weird to have like three months of this. And then Ben comes back. And then I think that's what's interesting. That's what's interesting to me about this opening of season four is that they're they're showing us a and three months later kind of moment. And I, it makes sense to me if I like try to draw a dotted line between where they ended at the end of season three and where they start in season four, I can imagine how we got there. Mm-hmm. And I can see how all sort of the tensions and dynamics that were set up at the end of season three lead to where we are right now. We didn't get to see it, but I I also feel like at moments in this part, it feels very lived in. And I think they're trying to create a different foundation for season to start season four than they had maybe in previous seasons. They're, they're trying to like find some way to mix the story up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, what I struggle with, we, we kind of know what you struggle with in this one, what you were just saying. But for me, my struggle is, the effort to get to this new place does sometimes require so much exposition <laughs> that I yeah. was like, this is a lot. Um, yeah. I would prefer to be shown rather than told. I know sometimes expo- exposition is necessary, but it, it did bog me down a little bit in this episode, even though I think where we're starting is very interesting. And I like that they started here. Um. I don't know. It wasn't always a smooth sail to get there for me. It was not. I felt like it was very choppy. Yeah. Even though the whole episode did have this like weird slow flow to it, Mm -hmm. somehow it also felt very choppy. One thing that I found really interesting is this transition they do here where we get the voiceover again of Felicity leaving this tape to Sally and she's like, you know, if I'm being honest, the clippings really do bother me. We're... Well, the camera is on her face and it's, you know, she's still tanning on the roof and she's, we're seeing like the haziness of the sun. So her mm-hmm. face is kind of like behind it, almost like a mirage where, you know, we're just seeing that, that hazy look. And then we cut to nighttime and she's in bed and she wakes up with a nightmare and something about that really felt symbolic to me because I feel like she is hazy mm-hmm. and panicked. Yeah. Yeah. So I I liked I liked the way they showed that to us. I thought that was a really artistic choice. And I can't say that these clippings seem like they're helping. 
you know, her, you know, her dad always struck me as like the aggressive guy, right? I was like, oh, her mom's passive aggressive, but her dad's like aggressive aggressive. But sending these clippings is so passive aggressive. I have a lot to say about her father in this episode. I can imagine this man. Um, (laughs) But but what she takes out of the clippings, like yes, they're like we notice the one clipping right now is from the medical field. But what she actually says about them is the clippings bother her because he's sending her all of these clippings but people who know what they want to do with their lives. And to me, this is, you know, this is all still pre-credits, right? This is the setup and it's the setup to the whole season. And so there's all this foreshadowing around tone and around where she is. And we get a lot of these close-ups of her face in this episode where I don't know what she's thinking. We just get this kind of blank expression and I don't think it's apathy. I do think it's just really being lost and I, I've never felt that. So I don't know what's going on in her mind, but I like what you just pointed out, this sort of hazy to panic, but not, I guess maybe being stuck, not really knowing where to go. Um, not knowing what to do about it. Um, I think that um, uh, at this point in your like collegiate experience, like junior and senior year, um, I think everybody deals with it a little differently, but I think it's, it can be a very scary time and very confusing and very lost feeling time for a lot of people. So what she's going through here really looks familiar to me because it feels like you have to make a decision on what the rest of your life is going to look like. And now as I sit here at 40 and I look back, (laughs) I'm like, At no point do you need to make a decision about what is going to happen for the entire rest of your life. Like, especially career-wise, there are so many chapters of your story, Mm -hmm. um, especially in this world now where it's not like you go into most careers, you don't go into one job and think you're going to stay there for 50 years and get a pension and retire from it. You know, like so many of us have this experience of like, many chapters. And so the idea that you'd be looking at your future, like this big amorphous blob of huge adult decision-making, and you have to know today in at least the way things work in the U S you really don't, you kind of just need to know what the next step is. Um, but it doesn't feel like that. I think at that stage. So I get her anxiety I get her, uh, that the way that she's, her anxiety is manifesting is like avoidance. And when she does have to sit and think about it, then she actually feels the anxiety and she feels the confusion and she feels lost. I think, you know, when I think about people that I, that we went to college with or like teammates of mine, people kind of, it came across a little differently for a lot of people, but the the conversation about what's the rest of my life going to look like was a conversation that happened uh, regularly. And when I think about all the people that we knew and that I knew in college, 
I can kind of only think of one person who really had it. Like we had a sweet mate. We had somebody we lived with who was a woman who wanted to be an engineer and she was getting like flown out mm-hmm. to all over the U S to different companies who were whining and dining her and trying to convince her to come work for them. And the rest of us were like, should I apply for an internship where I don't get paid? <laughs> should I? Well, not really. I mean, <laughs> we had another sweet mate who wanted to do psychology and is still doing that today and has multiple like areas that she's working in with that, her own practice, setting That's up her true. own nonprofit. I think for the people who knew they needed to get it more advanced education, that path was structured and laid out for them. Um, but for anybody at the moment, anybody went to like go into the people who were going straight into working this, I feel like was a big challenge. And I also know some people who ended up going to grad school because they didn't know what they wanted to do for the rest of their lives. Like that is the actual reason they went on to grad school. Um, and this is such a weird time. Like I, I think in, in development, I think, and it makes sense. I think that, um, there has to be that transition between when you have your safety net and when you feel like you don't anymore. And for some people that's happening as you graduate, like undergrad. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it just wasn't that way for me because Again, I knew the area that I was interested in and then I left and I did, you know, my, I knew that I wanted to get work experience before, you know, I decided to go to graduate school. And so I went into, um, a think tank, which is sort of like, you know, uh, the thing you do before you go in and, uh, and go back to grad school mm-hmm. and then went back to grad school. <laughs> and then, uh, my big thing was during grad school, realizing this isn't what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then having to like, kind of do a, a 180 on that, like just get rid of the academic portion of it. But I was still focused on the area that I liked. So I've definitely had some periods of, you know, not knowing the next place I'm going to be, but always sort of knowing the area I want to be in. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. more of like finding the right place rather, I guess it's more of a knoll. It's like finding the right place as opposed to just really not knowing, mm-hmm. which yeah. is what I feel like Felicity is going through. Yeah. And it manifests in a very weird way. She has herself a nightmare. Mm-hmm. She has, she is definitely wearing a nightgown this time. Like, this let's is a not, yeah, this, this is, is definitely proper... a nightgown. But it's, it's a, it's like a nice, sexy nightgown versus whatever she was wearing before, jersey dress or okay. not. Okay. Um, but she's going to have this nightmare and she's going to wander herself into Noel's room and wake him up <laughs> and then like you awake you awake nope yeah. okay great glad you're awake um yeah and then she's gonna go and sit on the floor which i thought was so weird he's like come on come in here i thought she was gonna like sit on the bed but no she sits on the floor and proceeds to tell noel about this 
nightmare she's had where there's a giant alligator and it comes along and it kills Noel and it starts chasing Felicity. And I was like, all right. Okay, the symbolism. Alligator equals the future? Yeah, I mean, I think, hey, amateur literature (laughs) interpreters here, uh, like, what's this symbol? Um, Yeah. Pretty obvious, I think. It's the future or maybe even graduation symbolizing the future. Um, Well, whatever it was, it killed Noel. Killed Noel. It was attacking everybody. Killed Noel first and then started chasing her. And so I guess that gives you a sense of what she's feeling about the future. It's scary. Mm -hmm. It's predatory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It ate her friend. Um, If you're feeling that way, I guess it makes sense why you'd be playing around the whole summer to try to preserve the version of you you don't want the alligator to kill. Um, yeah, and but then this is I where had we get. Biggest, yeah, then I had the biggest eye roll yeah. possible, yeah. Uh, which you can only get when you're forty. Because at the time, it probably feels like this. I just, I know different parts of my life. I'm always like, yeah, now we're so old. Like, yes, I've said that multiple times in my life. I'm saying it now, and anyone who's like, you know. 60 and listening to this is probably like having the same eye roll movement, but at me fair. Um, but for her to be like, what is she now? Is she, she's 21, right? Didn't mm-hmm. we, do we have it? Yeah. So she's probably, 21 yeah. and she's just like, we're so old. Like we're seniors. Um, you know, I think it feels like married this. And yeah. Getting, well, I mean, people getting married, I guess was like another year for us. Um, yeah. But people were engaged. It was like that summer for us. I think yeah. the, um, uh, my eye roll in this part of the scene was just like, okay, this is just so much exposition. I like, and uh, Carrie Russell was trying to deliver it in a way that felt like integrated into the story. But I mean, it, it felt very much like we have to explain where everybody is right now. And we have to do that between the scene where everybody's on the roof and this scene right here and so like for her to be like what's gonna happen to all of us i mean elena's getting married you're applying for jobs uh you know (laughs) let me count the ways that all of the different characters we're about to see are having to prepare for the future Um, i haven't applied yet to this advanced seminar in art yep all set up right here folks um i was like but you'll get the honors art but i haven't applied yet (laughs) it's like oh my lord um also for this episode (laughs) i feel like this would make a good drinking game every time she says senior i mean she says that she's a senior i don't know 10 Mm -hmm. times in this it's just so many times yeah um she the also nose. worries that um, she worries that the guy who runs the honors art program, a guy named Jeremy Cavallo, she's worried that she he won't think she's good enough. Yep. I, it's all just so like. I, I mean, fair. 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's all so indicative of just this total lack of confidence at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, she hasn't applied. She, she doesn't. Yeah, she is. She's having, I guess, a quarter life crisis. I mean, or this fear is of failure or I don't know. Yeah, I think Noel reassures her by saying like, no, 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 this is going to be the best year of your life. And I do like the way she delivers this. She's like, well, then why do I feel like this? Yeah. I was so beautifully delivered. And I have to say that was for me, the highlight of a scene that was otherwise very like, we need to catch the the viewers up on everything they're about to see. And we need to do it right here. It wasn't the alligator. No, I mean, I, look, some of her metaphors don't really work for me. There's going to be one about a storm later in the season that people seem to love. And I'm like, I don't know about this. We'll see what happens when we get there. But um, yeah, for me, it was the whispery. Then why do I feel like this? Carrie, yeah. Ru- Carrie Russell gives a really good whisper, doesn't she? She does. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, now let's head over to the ladies' apartment. Fight of the week. Yeah, Sean and Megan are entering the scene in the middle of a fight. Elena has been wedding planning. She's looking at swatches. She's all upset about something. Felicity comes in. I guess she's now moving back into that apartment out of the loft. Um, Elena comes in. Yeah, she comes in. Things are such a nightmare with the wedding. She ends up leaving the scene, which (laughs) is good because then we get to find out what Sean and Megan are fighting about. Yes. Sean has made the mistake of playing the game. If you could have sex with anyone in the world, who would you have sex with? Now, we have to assume this was one of the couple exercises. That's like, yeah. Yes. Um, So they're, you know, they're just continuing their journey um, with the terrible, terrible couples exercises. And um, yeah. Megan knows how this game is played. She picks somebody who won. There's no chance. Well, there's no chance that Sean will think it's okay. Sean Sean picks somebody, (laughs) I should say, that there's like no chance that he actually could have sex with, which is, uh, you know, famous celebrity, Elizabeth Hurley. Yes. Um, Megan picks Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the way this game is played, you know, this is like (laughs) when you have with your your significant other like the three people you get a pass on right um you don't get to pick your neighbor as one of those three people somebody that you see on a regular basis that's in your friend group and you actually could hypothetically speak with sleep with this person yeah Yeah. that's not how this works yeah Um, sean is is uh taking it back we might he's upset Mm -hmm. yeah he's like you you can't pick him, but you know what? Megan's going to be Megan. And she's just like, he's hot, which, you know, fair. Um, so, Melissa, if there, were, if you could have sex with anyone in the world, who would it be? Jeez. Anyone. Um. Oh. I'm going to name 
this might be recency bias, but uh, I mean, I think I felt this for some time. I'm going to pick Sam Claflin. That's fair. You do like him. I liked him in Love, Rosie. I really just liked him in Daisy Jones and the Six. Uh, I've liked him in anything I've seen him in, but I think Love, Rosie and those and those two are like, I've, I've watched Love, Rosie a lot of times, guys. Okay. <laughs> yes, she has. Uh, that movie's like my anthem, if that could be. If a movie can be an anthem, yeah. that feels like one that I want to believe in. Um, she has recommended it to me many times. I have seen it. I don't really remember it. Oh, but well, fine. I know I've seen it. And and I only know this guy because of Melissa. To me, he does suffer a bit from like average white guy look. Um, I don't think he looks that different than like every other average white guy. But that's just me. Um, okay. You know, this... I would say a second is possible second here might be, but the, um, I fear the age difference might be too much. Uh, a young version, you know, this is. Okay. I'm going to go with Timothy Oliphant. And no, all I know Fish, that, yeah. that we have somebody else in your head. Yes. When I say that name, we've looked uh -huh. this up before. You, you're yeah. superimposing him onto somebody else's IMDb somehow in your I brain. Am. Yeah. Um, Timothy, guys. He's he's priceless. We must protect him at all costs. I don't know. He's hey, look, <laughs> I will go. I will go with Melissa on this because she is correct. I confuse him with this other guy who is much less famous and looks nothing like him. Yeah, and I don't remember either of their names ever. Who's on your um, list, Fish? Well, I mean, obviously Tracy. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and then. I mean, Vin Diesel. Okay. All right. I mean, you know. That makes sense for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much tracks. Yeah. Um, be great if we could add like, you know, a couple feet, but that's okay. You know, he can be shorter. It's fine. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, um, let's head over to a new scene here where we're actually we we've name checked jeremy cavallo once already right this yes. is the guy who runs the honors art program so we're gonna, gonna get a little jazzy music we are i'm also probably i would put him on that list i mean damn yeah there's no way that she doesn't get into this program because for them to bring this guy in for one episode i would be so mad I would be so mad. So he's not in one episode. This storyline doesn't quite go exactly as you think it would. Um, I So our friend over at, at Felicity Restoration Project, uh, who if you haven't checked out that Instagram account yet, he's doing great work restoring scenes from Felicity, entire episodes of Felicity with the old music. 
and often puts a lot of fun facts and tidbits in his posts. And one of the fun facts that he shared was that a possible storyline for season four, I don't have any way to confirm this. I'm just basically, this is like third hand information. Um, I really hope you're not about to say what I think you're about to say. So, well, here's the thing. Like I have no spoiler that I'm giving you here because this is all supposition, but I think apparently a storyline they were playing with for season four was that Felicity gets raped. And I don't know how they were going to get her into that situation. I don't know how they were going to play that out in a way that would have been different from what they did with Julie. Um, I'm not really sure. And that's probably why they didn't end up going with that storyline because they realized that they were going to just repeat uh, probably a lot of what they did. But I wonder if, because this is right out of the gate in the first episode. So I kind of wonder if this would have been the character. No, I refuse to believe it. If anything, I feel like this would be a McGrath situation with a much sexier man. Um, They make him a little sketchy. What? Not in this episode. Not in this episode, but they make him a little bit sketchy, but not criminal. Well, not rape, not a rapist. <laughs> not rapey. Um, okay. Um, uh, so they obviously veered, if, I don't know how long that was an idea, they veered away from it. But if you were to say to me, Melissa, one of the characters that we actually do see in season four was a character who was meant to be a perpetrator of this, I'm guessing it would have been him. And then they had to like- wow totally shift the story i could be wrong about that but i think i i plant that seed with you now because as we embark on season four it would be interesting to see like if you if you I spot a thread not, of that i in, would not have picked up on that during this episode well i guess my question would be in the upcoming episodes like who do you think that there's a thread of that left behind for anybody that we meet um okay. or did they like totally strike it from the record early enough where i it mean wasn't in there the the thing they could have done that would have been different but also i'm really really glad they didn't do is it could have been violent right they dealt with date rape for mm-hmm. julie yeah they could have dealt with like a stranger and just like like she's walking on the street they could have. I just don't know if we get. We had an entire character go through a full arc of that, you know, like already in this show, and it's only four seasons. And I like, are there no other stories to tell us? Um, I think they ultimately decided there were other stories to tell us. I do see in season four some shades of previous seasons in a number of storylines. So I'm not sure that they went like into totally new territory all the time, but uh, I don't know. I think there were other other paths here to explore with Felicity. But so we're going to get this jazzy music. Felicity is going to, so we're going to get Felicity attempts to talk to Cavallo the first time, like attempt one. Felicity enters Jeremy Cavallo's office. He's on the phone. She's terrified. <laughs> She's just frozen. She gives his voiceover to Sally. She's like, hey, you'd think I'd be at a point in my life where no one person's opinion of me would matter. And then Cavallo turns around and sees her. 
Yes. A gorgeous man turns around and looks at her, and she panics and runs away. Yeah. He has committed no crime. <laughs> he's I mean, done absolutely he's, nothing wrong here. <laughs> he's he's a little he's a little short. He's a little short. Okay. She's like, you know, hello, and he's like, what? Um, but like, still, she yeah. runs away. She's like, yes, and then she just leaves. Yeah. And then we're gonna see. Uh, so she's gonna run back to the loft um, and talk with Noel about it. Noel is. We see him in a mirror. Mm-hmm. Putting on a tie, not realizing that the bottom half of him is just in like beach shorts. So yeah. he's, he's got a, a full suit jacket, uh, button down shirt and tie. Yeah, he's he's getting ready. He's getting him his look ready for yeah. another interview, a big interview. And he's like, just go back to Cavallo tomorrow. She's like, but but chaos, drama, <laughs> embarrassment. Um, I mean, in all fairness she had a giant portfolio book with her. Like it was very clear she was coming there to show it to him. And she ran away. This was clearly a person who was supposed to talk to him and chickened out. He would know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then she tells Noel to go ahead and change so that they can go back up to the roof. Which they do name as Tar Beach. Now. But they do that in a minute. So as uh, she's saying that back. to him, um, Ben shows up. He comes home early and she's like, what? You're here. Um, she's very caught off guard. Yes. Well, but he comes in and he's got this buzz cut and he doesn't really look the same. He And he looks a, a little aggro. Um, so there was a moment there like I I kind of expected when Ben comes back I just sort of saw her like her face lighting up and like running to him and like having this big hug that's not how it went down but I still I I couldn't I I did think it was a little awkward Mm -hmm. but I still thought it was nice she's surprised you know she puts her bag down she gets she does get a big smile on her face she does go over um but it she's really chill about it yeah I, and and that's never a word that i've used for felicity yeah like she doesn't scream chill um but it's she is absent in a way um it's just kind of there she's a little out of body almost when she sees him but still know. like happy and kissy and lovey and yeah you know she's not upset he's back no she's just not totally there um i think yeah. then noel kind of realizes he needs to vacate the situation so he says all right i'm going up to tar beach and that's where we're gonna get tar beach which yeah. is clever yeah, yeah. <laughs> as names go yeah but I also um, enjoyed the whole, it didn't feel very, uh, there wasn't a lot of tension. I mean, Noel has been there all summer with Felicity and they could have picked up with the tension, right? But, but what they did show us, like, I do like this part of this scene where they really, they sh- I feel like they really conveyed to us the weirdness of these, like how much these dynamics have flipped 
in a few months just by how they delivered this. So I love the touch of like when Noel says, I'm going to go up to Tar Beach. Like, yeah, I'll join you later. Mm-hmm. He's Ben's like, what's Tar Beach? Yeah. He's out and, of the loop. He hasn't been around. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's just the roof. It's this thing. It's this joke between, you know, it, you know, it's like, oh my God, how many of these things is Ben going to have to, you know, they've just named the roof. Like uh, what are other things that he's missed? <laughs> you know, it's just, um, there's like a whole new world that he's coming back into that they've created, that they are fully in sync on. And he's just going to have to figure out you know, like how to insert himself back into it at this point. Felicity is um, now she's in that position of like having to catch up her boyfriend on like the new, the new lingo, the new stuff that's been going on. She's like, Oh, it's just the roof. But I don't know. I think that missed connection is actually a really useful thing to have as the first interaction they have back together. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it shows us not only that he's missed out on these, you know, jokes and, you know, inside jokes and stuff they've been doing, um, but probably that he and Felicity haven't spoken that much Hmm. because I feel like if she's going to Tar Beach every day, if she and Ben are having a lot of phone conversations, it would have been brought up at some point. He probably didn't have a lot of time with 18 hour days to be having three hour long conversations with Felicity. So not only has he not been there, he's really out of the loop with where she is as well. Um, She's in this completely different space where she is confiding in and being comforted by Noel and accepting it on a whole different level than she was before. Mm -hmm. Um, Like before I felt she just enjoyed it. Now I feel like she needs it. Yeah. And, um, And while there is this nice chill reunion between her and Ben, it's not super excited and that will continue throughout the episode of just not being super excited that that Ben is back. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I do think it's a good scene. Um, I enjoy that Noel is half suit and tie, half, you know, beach shorts for the entire episode (laughs) or for the entire scene. Yeah. Um, Yeah. that, That made me laugh. So let's head over, head over to Dean and DeLuca because we know that Elena left the lady's apartment hopping mad. And where was she going? She was going to talk to Javier. Yeah. She's got some issues here. What's up with the buttons? What's up with that? Yeah, what's what is going on with her wedding dress, Javier? Javier, you can he is just he is really at the end of his rope here with Elena. He he uses the expression, put on your chill pill. <laughs> yeah, Elena also not someone I would uh ever call chill, uh, but continues to not be chill. In fact, she is stressed. I think that's the main thing we see out of her for most of this episode is that she is just really stressed. And also 
Do I feel like it's totally out of place? Not really, because everybody's ruining her wedding. <laughs> well, like, it's not just, it, it's not little things that she's freaking out over. You know, it's like the entire dress is actually wrong. Uh, <laughs> you yes, know, like, that's fair. But um, she is, like, she hasn't gone to someone, to like a store and bought one. Yeah. She hasn't gone to you know someone that she found to create a dress she is relying on javier's cousin yeah yeah to do her dress so on the one hand and he's also planning her entire wedding so maybe ease up on the guy that you have dumped all this crap on yeah well he assures her that his cousin is going to fix the dress as fast as rumpelstiltskin which is not okay correct. sort of but not really the reference um yes, and then she hands him a whole to-do list and he's just he's just you know he's like come on folks what's happening here <laughs> <laughs> pretty much um we are now going to go to a scene with ben and felicity in bed and yes so they just... have had a nice reunion moment Maybe, but this doesn't really feel, you know, in the past we've commented about how they seem to fit together and how, like, I don't know, those scenes with them in bed just seem really lived in usually. And this feels like they're still pretty separate um, for me in a lot of this scene. See, I didn't, I thought they did feel like at least physically they were back together. Like I, I felt like she had, you know, fit in her little spot and she has her hand on his chest and looks like they just had a good time. Um, but the conversation afterward is the issue. It, it just, it picks up where they had left off in the earlier scene where, you know, Ben is out of the loop. Right. And now we're going to have this conversation where it's going to be clear that Ben and Felicity are, are just in completely different mental places. Yeah, not on the same page. Don't even really know where the other one is. You know, like they can't even define what the other one's thinking at this point, it seems like, because Felicity jumps in and they are really having two totally separate conversations here, uh, which I do think is interesting in how they constructed this dialogue because she's she's revealing you know, when you, when we spoke last week and you told me that what you had realized in the program was that you didn't want to be a paramedic, I felt relieved. I felt like I'm not alone in feeling lost. Yeah. Big reveal for it is her. a big reveal. And... But unfortunately, is, that has nothing yeah. to do. It was like a complete misread of where Ben's at. Yeah, which let's admit he's not the most communicative. Um, but he waits until this moment to tell her. Well, the thing is, yes, you're right. I I did say that I don't want to be a paramedic, and that's true. But the reason that I don't want to be a paramedic, and he does say, you know, you can't laugh about yeah, don't this. Laugh, but. He, I feel like he says it in a way 
that he doesn't expect her to laugh. It's not like before where he's so not confident. Um, you know, he says, you can't laugh, but I want to be a doctor. Well, I don't know. I don't know how I did read his don't laugh as like, you have to take this seriously. Cause I, I don't know what I'd do if he didn't like sort of thing. Um, I do feel like it would be hard for him if she laughed in that moment. So yeah. I feel like he is also revealing something that he's feeling very vulnerable about um, because while he is clear that that's the direction he wants to go in, I think he's very unclear if it's a direction he's capable of going in. And uh, that gets reinforced for me later when we have the guidance counselor stuff, but he's just like, how can I even get there? Like, what does that path even look like at this point? Um, so I think he's probably fighting the imposter syndrome of like, how do you suddenly declare to be like a, <laughs> to be on a medical school track in your, in your senior, senior year? year? That's not a yeah. thing. Um, and I, I do wonder like if she started to poke any holes in this, you know, what his resolve really looks like. So he just preempts it. Yeah, but I also don't think that he would think she would laugh. She's yeah. never laughed at him for anything like that. So, but I think you're right. He he was more saying, like, I need you to take this seriously. Yeah. And we're going to hear a phone ring in the background. But before we find out what that is, what we I love this exchange of looks between them that I cannot read for the life of me. I don't know if you could. They... When, when she gives her reveal, like, I feel great that you're lost too. And then he's like, no, I'm not lost. Actually, I'm, I'm, um, want to be a doctor. And mm -hmm. they look at each other. What is on their faces here? They were, I, I felt like they were searching. Um, I mean, I definitely think they were both surprised and I, I don't know if it hit them at that moment the reversal of roles right because she came in pre-med yeah and he came in not knowing what <laughs> was going yeah. on and i i feel like it's just one of those awkward moments where you're just like looking at the other person and you're like ah like this is weird this is not what i thought this was gonna be yeah it's like ah oh, this is who are we now yeah what's happening what's different. my name which way is up is this the bed i i, I don't know it's <laughs> it's uh it's so confusing it's so disorienting even for the viewer who's like wait wait didn't she come to school to be done no no okay now he's gonna be a yeah. dot but it's her senior year but then she doesn't know what she's doing and she okay fine um it's yes. it's just such a new place for them to be in and then yeah. and then we're gonna have another first mm -hmm. noel is gonna knock on the door as opposed to just busting in like he normally does yeah i mean way to go noel on good, learning boundaries good growth um he from outside the door he's like hey felicity your dad's on the phone she's like oh dear lord um yeah. and not only is he on the phone, mm -hmm. he's in town. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because Noel's like, your dad's calling. And Felicity's like, just hang up. And he's like, no, no, no. not a thing we can do here. don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to grab the phone from him. He says to her, don't let him make you feel bad about yourself. And again, this is a thing Ben wouldn't have known to say, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But Noel knows everything about where Felicity's at right now. So... And all the stupid clippings that her father has been sending her. So we're going to get this kind of interesting moment where Felicity is going to take this call from the doorway. Ben is watching her. He is observing this whole conversation uh, from he's still in bed and she's just like as far away as she can be from him in the same room. And you just hear her end of this conversation, but she's saying stuff like, that's not fair. You know, like, you know, she lies about being in the honors art program. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she'll meet him tomorrow. It's obviously a conversation she doesn't want to be having. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do with this because on the one hand, she's standing up for herself a little bit. On the other hand, she's lying. Mm -hmm. Um, she seems upset and yet she says she's going to see him. So it was like a whole like contradiction. Like the entire conversation felt very disjointed to me. Like I, I couldn't tell where she actually was at. I mean, she has a habit of taking these meetings with her parents whenever they show up. So like, uh, and I guess I get that you feel like you have to take the meeting um, when they show up. And so she's just trying to get him off her back, but she can't do that with anything honest um, Mm. because where she honestly is, isn't something her dad would be receptive to. So it's this weird, like, is she really standing up for herself or she's just, what does standing up for yourself really look like in this situation? If you're her, and I don't think it looks like what she's doing. Uh, no, but it's more than she used to do, right? Yeah. It's it's like she is a new person. It, she's not the, you know, the perfect person she wants to be. Or, But I the... see this as different from, like, I think she was more assured in how she was handling her parents when she was dating David and she had that whole walkout from the Epstein bar conversation with them, or she's like, you know, you're critiquing my hair. You're critiquing my boyfriend. You're critiquing my new major. I don't need this. She gets up and she leaves and her parents change their tune. Yeah, this, she know. doesn't know where she's really, she, she herself doesn't know what she's doing. And so anything her dad says is getting in just a little deeper. It's getting in, but it's not changing I think how she is going to react to him because even if she was in the perfect place, right. Even if she was in this, you know, advanced uh, art class that she's kind of pinning all of her hopes on and everything like her dad clearly, even on this call is not taking that seriously, like it or acting like it means anything. Yeah. Yeah. So Felicity walks back to Ben. Ben's like, you're in the Arnold art program. Mm. She's like, no, Mm -mm. no, uh, no. My dad's just, you know, 
she just says to him, like, my dad's here to talk to me and he's like, about what, about my future. So I don't know. They're really catching up. These, this is, this is Felicity's main struggle right now. And Ben doesn't know a thing about it. Yeah. And that's um, a concern for where they are right now. And, you know, and it's not like they haven't talked at all. They talked last week, right? So she's been dealing with this stuff the whole summer. And she's never once said it to Ben on the phone, you know? So it's like, but okay. we don't know how long they've been talking. Again, with 18-hour days, mm-hmm. I just have a feeling that, like, they haven't really talked that much or had the time and space to have a deep conversation or, like, energy yeah, like he but just think about it. Like time. they had enough time for him to say, "I don't want to be a doctor," but not enough time for him to then say, "I actually, I mean, I, I don't want to be a paramedic," but then not enough time for him to say, "Because I actually want to be a doctor." Like I feel like to some degree, there might have been a little bit of opportunity for them to just be like, "Hey, bullet points of what's most important right now. We can catch up about this later." But um, no, you I know, feel like, like I think they were need... holding those things back from each other. Yeah, but I feel like you need longer conversations to have that to create the emotional space and to feel comfortable you you know you're not going to be like let me bullet point my my life in three minute conversations every week but i think like i think in felicity's case i think that what that would look like is like how are you well uh at some point in the conversation say something like Ugh, my dad's really annoying me. He just keeps sending me all these clippings of people who are really successful in the medical field. Yeah, but that's something that she feels that she really bothers her. Yeah, and that's so she's the thing. not going to want to say, "Oh, he's doing this," and then not talk about it. Yeah, I think I think that no matter how much time they're spending talking with each other, the reason it hasn't come up is that they're neither of them felt like this was a conversation they could have. Um, well, but as soon as they get back face to face and have time and they, they start having those conversations like immediately. I wonder the reason that this came up is that Felicity took a phone call in front of Ben. And I wonder if that hadn't happened, if she would have just when she would have just brought it up on her own. I think she brought it up on her own when she said can I tell you something terrible? I, you know, I feel, I felt relieved when you said you didn't want to be a paramedic so that we would both be lost, you know, like I, I just feel like they needed that time and space together to have the conversation, you know, to start to have the conversations that, that they, you know, would have been having all summer had they been, had they had the time. And I think you can do that over the phone, just not while you're working 18 hour days as a paramedic. I mean, that's just not, you don't have the emotional room either to, to express yourself or to be there and support somebody else. Yeah. Well, let's go to Felicity's second attempt with Cavallo. So she goes back to his office. He recognizes her. She has to go back again because now she's told her father that she's in yeah so he does recognize her he's going to apologize that he was grouchy before 
And I don't know what music you had, but I had some like great jazz music going on here. That sounds probably about right. I, I didn't really clock it. Um, yeah. I only noticed it because it really felt right for the scene. It was like she walks in, he's got this great jazz music going on. Like he's looking good. He's got this really sexy laugh. Mm-hmm. And and she's dropping off her portfolio. Um, I don't know. This is why I'm just like really upset that he's going to get all sketchy. Because... He's going to get a little sketchy. He's going to be a little McGrathy, to be honest. Uh, um, so upsetting. But little. Like we're not going to get a full-blown storyline around it. But we're going to get some suggestion that this guy is like, mm. Hmm. I don't know. Um, it's upsetting. Yeah. He, so Felicity is going to leave her portfolio and she's going to make the joke, you know, avoid me when I'm on the phone. She's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Leaving. Um, and then we're going to head to Ben at the guidance counselor. And I would like to report that this has to do with my note from an optimist. But so he's a guidance. I didn't realize he was a guidance counselor. I was trying to figure out who this guy was. So he's Mr. Norman, but isn't he also the man? Yes. Okay. Yes. This is why (laughs) Bob Clendenin is my note from an optimist for this week. Bob Clendenin is a man of many jobs at this school. Do we even acknowledge that he was once the guy in the mailroom who wouldn't give Felicity her, her cream colored envelope? I mean, maybe not maybe he's both maybe he has somehow found his way to climbing the ladder into a different industry <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know but bob clinton is a man of many jobs much like kirk from gilmore girls um <laughs> he, is he the first kirk i don't know hard to say I mean, isn't he also in gilmore girls uh i don't know I think he is. Could be. I feel like he's a guy who shows up in a lot of stuff, to be honest. Yeah, he does, yeah. Bob Clendenin. I mean, this guy can do anything, even in the same show. Loving mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Love him. That's off to you. Yeah. It's a simple note from an optimist, but there it is nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I mean, if this is what they're trying to do for comedy, this is still pretty dark, huh? So, yeah. like, guidance, this guidance counselor is looking over bet somebody's transcript he's like it looks good yeah i'll sign your ad job for him let's get you into another class let's get you those 18 credits ben's like looks good huh yeah. are you sure he's like yeah you're <laughs> ben connor right he's like nope 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 that's not that's not my name <laughs> and then mr norman pulls up and covington's file and just looks at it and goes no no this is the problem yeah yeah (laughs) and he's not gonna sign ben's ad drop form because really honestly 18 credits would probably kill him right and this is a favor to him (laughs) he's like Um, just take a fifth year ben's like do you get this I am a senior who now suddenly wants to go to med school. I have taken zero of the classes required for this. I, I am going to have to take a fifth year anyway. Mm-hmm. Like this is me trying to get this done. Yeah. Um, 
so also at drop at this point like it's the first week of is it even the first week of school like what classes did ben sign up for and when such that he needed to go and have an ad drop form signed by this guy also like everything in this whole series has told us you have to go to the professor to get the ad drop form signed so true fish i'm very confused by what is happening i guess there's a lot of stuff here that's i mean look I'll put it on record. I've said it before about, about the Lauren storyline, which you haven't seen yet, but like there's stuff that they do in season four like this, that actually deciding that you're going to be on a pre-med track in your senior year, when you have taken none of the prerequisites, like if he were on a pre-med track, people who, I don't know, at least the school we went to, if you were on a pre-med track, you were taking classes pretty much only for your major from the minute you walked into school and you had almost no room in your schedule for any other type of class. So, and that may not be true at every school, but I would expect that a pre-med track does not afford you a lot of opportunity to basically blow three years worth of classes. Correct. So like that, this is a fun storyline, but I just feel like in the real world, how this gets executed would end up so different like I don't even know like Ben has to start over you know? I mean, look this is I, I just don't see Ben from everything that we know about him so far I don't see him being able to do OCHEM ever but he's starting to do Ochem now and I, like has he taken an introduction to chemistry course there's prerequisites usually that you have to take before you get to something like an ochem class and yeah i and math? he hasn't taken them yeah he's I been mean, taking what? literature and philosophy and you know like like remember elena and how much trouble she had with yeah. ochem like I just don't see this as like, that's why I bought in so hard to the like EMT thing. Cause I yeah. was like, all right, he can do this. This yeah. is doable. Doctor. Yeah. I don't see it. The I don't think they are going to be able to convince me in the next 16 episodes that he's going to become a doctor. I think that's completely fair. And I think that, that this is like, the nature of some of my grievances with season four in that they're trying to do these things plot wise that do not work in the timeline that they're given to do it. And yeah, I mean, he's given a placement test here. No way he passes that. 
Yeah. Zero percent chance. How's he going to pass a placement test to get into? Probably it's the OCHEM class that they're trying to place him into without having any of the foundational classes required to like, this is a guy we expect can just pass a test on by the virtue of he was in an intensive EMT program for three months or two months. I, I can't imagine that the practical experience that he had on that job is what they're testing on. So like, um, I like the stories they're trying to tell, but unfortunately, like they're condensing them so much (laughs) that like, it can't happen like this as far as I know. Um, I mean, because really, this would kill him. It, it, it would. It's just not even a thing. You no. know, I, um, honestly, like we have, we have a, a friend who did engineering. I know it's a different field, but it was the other, it was like the other thing you could go into on our school where you had absolutely no room for other elective classes. And by sophomore year, she was so fed up by the fact that every single class in her schedule was only related to the prereqs she needed for her her requirements for her major that she just, and she wanted to take psych classes and she couldn't take a single psych class. And she just abandoned engineering to go into psych. And that is the sort of thing that would have happened with a pre-med track too, where it's like, you know, I have to, you have to take these classes but you have to take the prereqs to get into them. And then when you finally look at your schedule, it's just very tightly woven with from the day you enter school, <laughs> it's like very tightly woven with here's what you have to do. Um, yeah. And weirdly, I do think pre-med has, at least in our, at our school, pre-med had a lot more room in it than engineering. You had to declare that you wanted to be an engineer before you entered school. Mm-hmm. And if at any point you got off track, you got kicked out yeah. of that program. Yeah. So pre-med on the other hand, like it's a series of classes, but it's. Um, and then it's the MCATs. Yeah. And, and then, then it's the, the MCATs. Yeah, yeah. Like he's Elena has already done all of that. You know, like Elena yeah. is on the track. Um, and we have seen what that process looks like. So basically what we're saying is Ben now has to do everything Elena has done in a year, maybe two, because they're saying he's going to take a fifth year where it's taken her four. So I, I just, guys, I don't know. It's, uh, timelines get weird with the stories that they're doing in season four. And this is one of them. Uh, but I also understand how they're getting Ben to this place emotionally, So let's follow that journey, you know, because let's admit we're going to have some issues with the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, okay. Let's head over to Dean and DeLuca. Um, We're getting Javier and Elena. Javier's super pumped because the dress is fixed now, but Elena does not agree. No, Elena is not saying yes to the dress. She is not happy. She would like sleeves. Yeah. yeah. And there the aren't any. Are gone. Yeah. These feel like big, big things. Um, yeah. Javier is blowing a gasket. He's like, I am busting my butt for you. 
And he's, he's frustrated. Elena's frustrated. She's like, you know what? I'm just going to do this thing myself. She leaves. What I really noticed about this scene is that there was an extra sitting at a table who is totally visible for this entire conflict. She's like basically behind them, but sitting between them. So we can see her face. And as Elena storms out, the woman is just watching them and smiling. (laughs) She is smiling at them in every shot. She is so happy to be on the show Felicity. Javier acknowledges her at the end. I don't know if that was on purpose or if he just realized this extra is really like noticing us in a way that extras aren't supposed to notice us. So I have to bring her into the scene somehow. And so he's like, he just makes a little comment and she doesn't say any words. She has no lines, but her smile is very out of place. But I also felt like this is, here's this older woman who's like, she's on screen now, you know, it's like, I'm here. (laughs) <laughs> that is fantastic like, I, I didn't to notice watch her. Javier and Elena scene from a foot away this is amazing <laughs> and it's just like a full-on fight that Elena storms out of it's so great I'm gonna have to go back and watch that now three cheers to that woman I, I love her I love her so much talk about seizing a moment okay hey. um even if it has nothing to do with the scene, sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to make yourself know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second note from an optimist. I guess so, right? Bob uh, not and this good lady. for acting, but fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to head to Epstein Bar. Noel and Felicity are commiserating. Yeah, they're going to have a very, I think, weird conversation. So we find out that Noel has gone on 16 interviews and he has not gotten a second interview, which Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like at that time, maybe if you had 16 in-person interviews, yeah, I could see that being a bit disheartening now today with how we do it. We just all send resumes everywhere, hundreds of resumes. And, um, but also to get all the way to the interview phase, um well that's the thing though back then it wasn't send it online right mm -hmm. it's yeah you know i don't know how he's finding out about this if it's just networking or i'm sure that there were yeah um yeah i don't remember how we did it i there might have already been some job search boards um I mean, yeah, websites definitely- did exist, but I, you know, a lot of times people were like going door to door for like smaller jobs for something like this. Maybe you call the front desk and you ask what the openings are. Um, if we were like really pre websites and pre internet, you'd probably no. I mean, there there were job boards because I used some of those, but it wasn't the way because I use them even for like summer jobs, mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily the way that I actually got the jobs. Um, like I got the first, my first out of college job through uh, a contact from college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was one that I loved. Um, 
where I sent in an application for a summer job and I, I happened to be living in the city already. Mm-hmm. And the woman, she said something like, oh, we have an event. Like I called to follow up. That's what happened. And the woman was like, oh, we have an event tonight. Like, you know, why don't you show up and we'll talk. And I showed up at the event and she looked at me and was like, oh, like you're really interested in this. And we talked for, I don't know, maybe five minutes. And she's like, you have the job because you're here and I have a hundred resumes on my desk and I don't want to read them. Yeah. Yeah. Seems So I feel like that's what happens when you throw your resume out into the world is like, if you don't follow up and show up, uh, people just, I don't know, it's, it's tough. So, uh, you know, Noel's, Noel's talking about that. And he, he clues us into something that's going to become relevant for Felicity later in the episode. He said, you know what? I know it's not going to work. It's when they say like, huh, looks good, but, but, and so we're now clued in that we need to look for when that'll happen for Felicity. Um, but Noel's just sort of licking his wounds. He's like, I have been, I have nothing. Felicity's like, well, I have nothing. And my dad is in town. So take that. <laughs> little one-upsmanship but then he's gonna say yeah but you know it's the spider thing okay no please explain it's like she's she's like a chick (laughs) (laughs) he just needs to work on his metaphor game because it's not strong yeah Um, because i'm still a little confused he's like you know when there's a spider and like you're scared of the spider but actually the spider's scared of you like who is the spider in this? I, I don't think this at, at all applies to the situation <laughs> with her dad. I don't think that, like, I don't even see any parallel between the story he gives her and how we see things play out with her dad. Okay. Uh, even if you replace scared with another word that seems to make more sense, it still doesn't make sense. Yeah, because if it's a spider, I mean, if it's really that bad, you can just step on it. And that is not the case between a father and daughter. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Felicity's like, I got it. I know what we do here. You come with me to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and Noel's like, and Noel's like hard pass. <laughs> I'll be I with you in spirit yes, is what I'm exactly. going to do. Uh, He's like, I remember what happened when your mother invited me to dinner. And we're not going down that road again. That's a good boundary that Noel set there. That's good. Good stuff. Well, he sets that boundary. Mm -hmm. And yet, when we exit the scene, they each have, like, she puts her head on his shoulder and he puts his head on her head. And it's like, just this, what the... Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, it looks like they are more connected than Felicity is connected with Ben, like yeah, by a country 100%. mile. Um, and it's only going to get worse because Felicity is now going to go from here to her apartment where Ben's, uh, where her dad is talking with Ben, and her, she wasn't. She was supposed to meet her dad at the restaurant. Her dad shows up at her apartment because that's what her dad does. Her dad comes into town. And he just shows up everywhere. It's what he did. We know this, Ugh. right? We had many episodes of this. I can't with him. Okay. So <laughs> he, um, I'm, I'm going to lose it with him. Uh, <laughs> give me, give me another scene. And I'm, I'm, I'm in there. 
So, oh, good, because the next scene. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, but this this scene is insidious in another type of way, right? Because he's at her apartment. Mm-hmm. He's talking, talking with to ben, her boyfriend. And Ben is now on a pre-med track where he's I trying know. to be. So her dad's like, see? Yeah. Even Ben is pre-med. Like, you can just see yep. the whole gloating sort of like, of course, like, are you not seeing the trend? Everybody is pre-med. That's cool. All right. Um, like, ah. Uh. And, and then to just add salt to the wound, Ben's like, I passed my placement test. Remember when Felicity was so happy when he got a, like a C and yeah. she just like lit up. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was the defining moment between this is Felicity and this is Avery. Mm-hmm. Um, here she's just like oh yeah good for you and it's not landing because a her dad's in the room and she doesn't need to keep fueling her dad's fire about her not being pre-med and b she wanted men to feel lost just like her and here he is passing placement tests so it's just so like felicity is not in a place right now you know that expression like lighting somebody else's candle doesn't dull your own or something like that. It doesn't blow. <laughs> no, That's, I've never heard that. Or, you know, like lighting stuff. Oh, it doesn't dull your shine. If you light somebody else. That's not what Felicity's life is like. Right no. <laughs> She's pretty much the opposite of that. She's like, Oh, you're doing well. So I suck more. Is that what's happening? Well, I mean, but it's all, you know, because <sighs> It's exacerbated because her father's there, right? Yeah. I mean, really exacerbated because he's there. Yeah. And even when she starts walking away with her dad, like Ben knows it. Like yeah. Felicity looks back and he just mouths, I'm sorry. Like and he knows what he's done. Like if she could have struck him dead standing yes. there with her eyes, that's the look she gave. I um Yes. I mean have we ever seen Felicity give Ben a look like that ever in the first three seasons of this show? She was like, I hate you and your whole look. Yeah. I hate you and your buzz cut and your pre-med placement <laughs> test. Um, this is a new Felicity. It's a new Felicity. Yes. <laughs> so and it's a new, new version of her. New version. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> and then you think to yourself, but surely dinner can't be that bad. Oh, oh, Yes. Yes, I thought dinner could be that bad. Oh, yeah. It starts off so awkward, and you just wish mm. it could have stayed awkward, and they still not yes. said anything for the rest <laughs> of know, it. I know, right? It was, like, silence and awkward, and mom's okay, and and then you're, then it, it just That's like, gets like, can I jump worse. in? Can I just jump yeah. in? <laughs> You're like, oh, no. It's like, just keep your mouth. Shit, just, shit, shit, shit. It's no, just he's too much. You're wasting your time. You're yeah. focused on relationships, not on your future. Okay. Art's Art great, hey, fun. but it's not a life. Not a life. Yeah. You you can get back. You have to get back into medicine. But you can also do art. Like I have this friend who is a doctor and also does like little crafty shit (laughs) 
pretty mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Sam Devonshire, guys, if you're wondering who's the cardiologist <laughs> who makes little crafts, um, Felicity just gets up from the table. <laughs> yeah, she just, and look, this is her move. This is how she does it. She gets up from the table and she finds a payphone. Yeah, she's going to call Noel. She needs to phone a friend right now, and that friend is going to be Noel. Mm-hmm. Noel is just fully in pump up Felicity mode. He's like, look, okay, look, hey, it's not that parents are evil. They're just stupid sometimes, okay? Mm-hmm. But this is about you. You make your own life choices. Life is a challenge. You need to rise to the occasion. And then you can hear, like, the you can almost hear the montage music in the background yes. starting up. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a pep can, talk. It's a real pep talk. And Felicity's just like nodding her head. She's like, yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he ends yes. kick ass, take names. That name's going to be Edward Porter. Okay. That's Let's write that one down. Right. the one. And um, then she has to hang up the phone and actually do it. So she then- hangs up the phone. And then she sort of saunters back to the table. I think she has a very grown up outfit that she's wearing Mm -hmm. like it's it's very elegant it's very like grown up yeah and and as noel if we remember noel hears what other people say say and then he repeats it just horribly yeah but we're gonna watch Yeah. yeah she is gonna start parroting what noel just said rather i thought effectively she did it well but that doesn't mean it was going to be effective ever under any delivery yes Um, fair enough but i was thinking i was thinking the same thing i was like you know if only noel had this skill um unfortunately the skill doesn't matter here because she's she's energized enough she's enough confident what i think is really interesting about this is that so she gets back to the table and she's like you know Thanks for coming out, sir. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm in the honors art program. I'm super excited about it. This is my life. I have to make my own choices, even if some of them maybe are mistakes. And she's just like owning it until her dad speaks. Um, well, she she does set herself up a little bit, right? Because she's like, I'm not a, I'm not on a time schedule, like which time let's you. admit she is like you're going to graduate at the end of this year yeah so that is a thing yeah maybe don't open yourself up to that particular criticism Mm. he says maybe you should be and it does take a little bit of this 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 you know saunter out of her stride but i think um i just i i do i feel this scene because It took me a very long time to find out like where to find a way to set boundaries with my own family. Um, and when I was in college, I had, I had a dynamic that was not exactly what Felicity has got, but there were tensions of their own, of their own. And I, in times when I was trying to set boundaries or create limits or like, make other plans for things. It was like multidimensional chess for me because I would have, I didn't feel comfortable lying, but I also didn't feel comfortable just saying no. 
And so I was always having to be like, no, because of this thing. And I'd have to create that thing well in advance and have it be pretty well documented for it not to be a lie. And um, for her, she doesn't have that reservation. She's very comfortable to lie. But my hope for her would be that she could get to a point in her world where she could say a no and have that be a full sentence and end the conversation where she needs to. And she's not in that place right now. I mean, she's getting there because what her dad comes out and says is, you know, basically your mom and I Mm -hmm. like are not comfortable subsidizing this waste of time, Mm -hmm. which I mean, that sentence, it just tells me so much, right? He's already divorced from this woman and Mm -hmm. yet he still is manipulating her in terms of money. Mm -hmm. Like he's, well, and again, we're not sure whether he is lying or not. Her mom yeah, we have is no not actually knowing. there. Yeah. And I I hope that she actually gets to talk to her mom at some point. Um, because my first thing that I would have done is call her and say, Are you on board with this? Maybe, um, maybe not. <clears throat> because <clears throat> That's a real lion's den to walk into and why even start that conversation if where she's at right now is just saying, so she's going to say, you can't just be here to judge me. And he's like, yeah, I can. Uh, You wouldn't be here if not for the fact that I was subsidizing your life to this point. And um, she's going to call his bluff. The bluff he didn't think that she would call. Mm -hmm. He didn't even know he was bluffing. No. you know, is the thing. And I've had almost this exact interaction. <laughs> so like the, if somebody feels that they can control you by controlling your finances, by controlling your means, by controlling your ability to pay for life or, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it's something else, a different category altogether. If there is a thread like this, that's really binding you together the person who feels they're in control feels like if I even just mention it, mention taking it away, you have to come back. Mm-hmm. But if you were a person like Felicity is in the scene and like I have done in my own life that says, Oh, so this is always going to be a thing you can hang over me. I need to cut this thread myself, no matter what the cost to me is. It's not the outcome that's ex- expected. It just isn't. So it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's like the most bizarre, uh, like, that's not a thing you can do. Yeah, it is. Because you just presented this binary (laughs) choice to me. I am choosing option B that Mm. exists, but you only considered option A. And he is like totally taken off guard. Yeah. And, and she's just going to double down. Mm-hmm. She's like, I am going to pay for this myself. I don't want your help, your critique. I don't want you. And that is a little undermined by the fact that she is just like sobbing. Um, but you know, a little bit, I think then what becomes really important, cause that's uh very 
game changing thing to say. And then in the very next conversation, do you proceed with the changed game or you do go back somehow to the original one? So this is a really critical moment for her. Um, Cause her dad's like, wait, wait, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you should like pay for school yourself. Cause I want to still have control. She's like, yeah, that's not happening anymore. Right. Um, so then you know, the really tough part now is what happens next time. Yeah. I mean, I just, I haven't, I don't know. I, I haven't been in exactly this situation, I guess, because when I decide, I guess, to do something, it's like, I'll, I'll figure it out. And and I absolutely 100% agree with you in like cutting every string. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like to the point where if I'm offered something like for free or whatever, if I think it comes with any single string attached, like even if someone's going to do me a favor, right? And I think it comes with a string or I, or I am in any way dependent upon that favor, if I don't 100% trust that person, I will not accept it. Yeah. And if that person breaks my trust at any point, I will figure out how to do it on my own because I, I just can't do this. I can't, it would, it would create so much anxiety in me to depend on someone who is so untrustworthy and her father has already proven that he is on, this is not the first time this has happened. Right. And now her mom too. And this is why I'd be on the phone with her because she supported her dad the first time, but then she had this whole other relationship Mm -hmm. with her mom. And I'd be trying to check in because for him to come out and say, like, your mom and I are on the same page, to me just screams, he's controlling her somehow. And I would like to have that conversation. I get it in my own personal, like, real with my own stuff. Like, it took me, if it, no, it took me. 15, almost 20 years to have that check-in conversation with the other parent. Yeah. Yes. It would be great if it happened. And you get there when you get there in terms of being able to have that conversation and maybe she could have it right away, or maybe she's not there, or maybe she's had some interaction with her mom over the summer that makes her feel like that's not a safe conversation for her to even have, or maybe the show just didn't have time to go there and they weren't bringing Eve Gordon back in until, um, you know, a little bit later in the season. So, I mean, there's a lot of things at play here, but I think in real life, I, uh, you know, I know for sure it could take a little longer than right away to have. It absolutely can. But she did have the separate relationship with her mom and they are separated. Yeah. And I think that is a difference yeah. than like if they were still together and how she was dealing with them at that point in time. Yeah, so, it's so true. But I think, you know, this is where for me, it's in, like <clears throat> kudos on standing up for yourself in this conversation. And then can you 
stay this course. Yeah. Cause either you do stay the course and you know what, there's going to be temporary pain. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard and it'll push you to your limits. But the idea is that there's long-term freedom mm-hmm. if you get to the other side of that. So like, do you stay this course, which takes a lot of courage because it, it, it's, it's not just one time that you're going to have this sort of conflict with your dad in this process, right? Felicity, like you're, you're going to, he is going to try to double down and get you back on track. Um, so you need to be ready to do this again. And so do you stay the course or do you just like sit with it and realize, Oh my gosh, what did I just say I was going to do? Um, maybe it is the safer option, even if it's frustrating. I mean, especially at this point in time when she doesn't know exactly what she's doing. I mean, this has got to be the hardest time for her to put her foot down Which and is to why say, it's I'm going to easiest time for her dad to assert himself like this, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was wondering her, so her parents have been paying this whole time, but she's also had a job at Dean and DeLuca. And so I'm kind of wondering, so like, I think where they landed money? in season one was that the parents were going to pay her tuition because they would have paid for her tuition if she went to Stanford, but they mm-hmm. room and board was going to okay. be on her. Okay. Um, because had she been going to Stanford, that wouldn't have been an expense because presumably she would have lived at home and not dormed away That's... that whole time. Right. So she Ugh. was taking this job at Dean and DeLuca to pay for room and board. And now he's saying we're going to withdraw our support for tuition. Gosh. Yeah. Good parenting. Yeah. So we're going to head over to the loft. Felicity is going to find Noel in his room. He's lying in his suit on his bed, just staring up at the ceiling, eating candy. And it's super dark i mean the whole episode is shot sort of in a dark uh tone i guess it i mean just visually it's dark Mm -hmm. um and this scene in particular he's just sitting in the dark yeah or or laying i guess and (laughs) he's laying laying on his back and felicity's gonna lie down next to him i like this camera shot um, yeah. There are a couple camera things they do in this episode that mm-hmm. I really like. So the the camera is looking at them, but they are sort of upside down and a little off kilter. Mm-hmm. And um, and that is what their world feels like right now. I just thought it yeah. was very symbolic of just like this. It can't even be straight up and down. They have to be a little <laughs> off on a diagonal. Yeah, and Noel is there saying he's trying to figure out you know, what's wrong with him. And, you know, they, she lays down, they're laying down side by side now, both, you know, just staring up at the ceiling. And Noel's going to say, you know, how'd it go? And I mean, Felicity basically says, well, I'm paying for college now, whatever. And I really like the next two choices. One, at least in my version, there was no music. Mm-hmm. It was just quiet. And the next thing that happens is Noel offers her some candy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this really like 
we don't know what we're doing kind of regressing like here's some candy like it's i don't know everything about it was just i don't know um like i i felt for both of them but it also seemed like they had their own soothing mechanisms i guess is what was going on but mm-hmm. this choice of him just like offering her candy to me just kind of underlined how you know how i feel about this whole episode it's like on the one hand yeah she's lost do you just like leave room for that on the other you know and then on the other hand it's like but is it okay to spend the whole summer on the roof and to be like sort of using Noel and using candy and, you know, all this other stuff to kind of get away from reality. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. It's uh, in a way it kind of brings me back to the last episode of season four, a uh, season three, where um, they're like, definitely not in a good place but her she's what she wants to say to him ends with do you want to go get some ice cream um (laughs) and then they do and the way they end season three is by getting some ice cream yeah so i guess denial is strong with these two yeah i I guess guess so comfort although noel is going out and getting his interviews and stuff i mean he's trying and and she is trying she try she's trying to get into the course and I'll give her credit. She then goes to some official. It's a financial right? aid office. Um, ah, so this guy okay. is working the front desk at the financial aid office. They say that in the next scene with Ben, uh, but not oh, here. Okay. So she, uh, we find out the PSA style. There are exactly three steps to declaring your independence. <laughs> Step one, get your guardian to sign these forms. Which, which um, is so stupid. I've got to be honest. It I sounds mean, like a step fraught with problems. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't you don't actually need this if you go to court. I mean, if you can go to court. Well, so this is declaring your independence, I guess, for, for, financial, yeah, aid, for financial aid. But you can be declared. Um, what's the word I was looking for? Um, you can do like emancipate you can be an emancipated yourself. minor. But the thing is, she's not a minor. So I think this really is only rigmarole she goes through for the sake of the financial aid office because she is an adult. Um, Yeah, which to me, this this step one seems, I mean, yeah, seems like it would be difficult if the issue is financial in between your parents and you. Yes. I absolutely imagine that in the real world, there are rules like this that cause havoc on people in real life situations. I believe it, every thread of it. Um, Step two, provide rent stubs and bills and things that show what your expenses are. Step three, apply for a loan. See, easy as that. (laughs) I mean, it's weird they don't ask for income when they ask for expenses, but okay. Yeah. Like you would think they would have to do a full analysis. Like, what if she had a trust fund? Yeah. Like, this this feels not correct. Yeah. I feel like there well, are more steps. There might be. 
<laughs> there might be more steps. Um, they just wanted to lay this out for us here, whatever okay. it, whatever that really looks like. Now we're going to get this voiceover from her. She's, you know, smiling. She's walking down the sidewalk. She's giving this voiceover over tape to Sally. Hey, declaring independence is kind of amazing, eh? <laughs> yeah. There it is. The declaration <laughs> that I did not know was coming. Yeah. But now, so she's on her way to Dean and DeLuca. So she's going to show up at Dean and DeLuca. She's late. Ben was either covering for her or she was supposed to relieve him, but she's late. And Ben. She's an hour late. So late. And Ben is frustrated because now, she, now he's going to be late for his class. Yeah. However, how many times has he like either not shown up or been late or just not shown up? Um, I mean, I get that he, he would be upset because he wants to get to his class, but just because you're suddenly taking life seriously, you know, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden no one else in your life who you've been depending on all of a sudden has to like, I don't know, like can't have something go wrong. Like yeah. being stuck here declaring her independence. I right? think this is just another example of them being completely absorbed in their own worlds, not, yeah. not being connected to each other because it really is like for him, he, I guess, thinks he's communicated at least well, I'm going down this medical track. He told her about the placement test. He's got a lot on his plate. That's the biggest thing he's factoring in right now. He's stressed. And she's got all this stuff that she's totally stressed about. Those problems are completely independent of, of each other. And they feel like they are Huge. independent of each other. Yeah. Um, like they are not, I guess they're giving each other the Cliff's Notes versions of like, here's what's happening for me right now. But they're so absorbed in their own challenges that they can't really comprehend the gravity of that for the other person. It's like to say, I'm paying for school now feels like it's more than that. I mean, Ben's been through that too, right? With having mm -hmm. to, to pay for school. But it's, it is, um, I think it's emotional for her too. It's, it's huge. It is a really, really big thing. And Ben does not have the capacity. He does not have the brain space for it. And because he's also doing something yeah. really, really, I mean, they're both doing something for themselves. Yeah. And frankly, it's a time it's, this is the time to do it. Yeah. Um, it all yeah. makes sense. Um, you know, timing's a bitch, but like, and they just got on this path over the summer of having this distance and she got close to Noel. And so like, she's going to Noel when these, because he's always validating and always supportive, whether or not that's healthy, you know, well, it's yeah. like, but he's also know. on this in a similar place for at least for the moment mm -hmm. with her as well. Yeah. Um, I also want to give just like a big gold star to Melissa right now because she correctly said Cliff's notes. Hmm which I just recently learned is what it's called. I always thought it was cliff notes, like without an S. And then I found out that no, it is in fact cliffs, 
like some guy named Cliff. Yeah, his, his possession, you know, possessive notes. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. his notes, and um, like I just learned that today, like a, like a couple hours ago. Oh my so, goodness! Look at that gold star to Melissa you? for knowing something uh, and and saying it correctly that I just learned a couple hours ago. See, I mean, you, you find something in one place and you suddenly see it everywhere. Everywhere. Goodness gracious. It's amazing. Well, amazing. Uh, well, thank you for that. Let's head over to the ladies' apartment, shall we? Uh, Let's do it. Megan is trying on her bridesmaid's dress for <laughs> Elena's wedding, and Sean is eating, and we are only going to find out later what he's eating. <laughs> Um, the fight about Tracy, about Megan's fantasy about Tracy is continuing, but then they hush up when Elena comes in because the only thing they really want you to know here is that Sean has been chowing down on Elena's wedding cake. Yeah. And I love that he does this entire scene with his mouth full, mm -hmm. like the whole scene. Yeah. So it's clearly at some point he had to put more cake in his mouth, although we don't see it yeah like after he has found out that it is the wedding cake he has put more of it in his mouth and continues to sort of not quite apologize but say things like i thought it was a wedding cake but i didn't know it was the wedding cake. all with like giant mouthful of cake. my favorite part is that the first thing he says to defend himself is i didn't eat the whole thing <laughs> Honestly, doesn't matter if you have even smushed the frosting, <laughs> it's done. It is just, over. Look, he took one piece, just like slowly push it together. Uh, It'll be an oval shaped cake. It's fine. Don't it's, worry. Um, I found, I guess this goes to show you that I have not had a wedding. Like how far in advance of this wedding are we that she already has the cake? How far do you get the cake in advance? Like yeah, I don't days and days like, and days. Yeah. I don't feel like this. I mean, I don't know when the wedding is supposed to be, but one, I don't think you get it this far in advance. And, and I don't two, think it's delivered to you. I thought it was delivered directly to, to the, the venue. venue. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think you put it in your refrigerator. So if our assumptions are correct and listeners, you can correct us if we don't, if we just don't know what's up with weddings, but if our assumptions here are correct, then it makes a lot of sense to me that Sean thought this was like a sample because like, why would it be sitting in their fridge days before the wedding? Um, and I don't know how big this wedding cake was, but it fit in a fridge that I assume has like multiple shelves. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I am confused by this. Yeah. But also, I'm... it's not your cake. So yeah. don't eat it. Also I'm... that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. All, um... all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> but here's, you know, Elena just says, like, I'm going to cry. But here's where I write, where is Tracy? Like, yeah. not, not just in the episode. Because Tracy doesn't show up at all in the episode. But all the things that Elena is doing, mm -hmm. where's Tracy? Yeah. He was not being paid her. to be on this episode. <laughs> I, yeah, but like, why isn't like half the list his? Yeah, Like at some point she could have said like, 
these are the things I'm doing because Tracy's off, you know, doing X, Y, Z other things. You know, yeah. It seems like the entire wedding is on Elena. Yeah. And Javier. It's fair. Well, good question. Excellent question you posed there. Um, let's head over to Noel and Felicity. They're walking, they're animated, they're feeling it. Noel had a good interview. He's pumped up. Yep. Felicity is going to Cavallo's. Yep. I mean, you know, she they're, they're there to support each other. He's had a good interview. He's pumping her up. Things are looking bright and fantastic. And, and Felicity's just, <laughs> yeah. just gonna get to her class and yes dad's there dr porter standing not even in the middle of the class sort of like two steps in the door with the most skeptical possible look on a face ever yeah and he is literally there because he just wants to see if this class is even up to snuff can he even believe it and he articulates that to her yeah my god um, so Cavallo's gonna come up because this isn't the most awkward thing ever. He's like, Hey, Felicity, I haven't even looked at your portfolio yet, so sorry. He meets meets her dad. He's like, You know what? Come back later, come back at two, and I'll tell you if you got into the class. She's like, Oh ah. crap, this is not what I needed. Dad looks at her with question marks all over her all over his face. Edward Porter doesn't doesn't know what's going on here. And before he get the good news is that right. that doesn't even matter nope. because before he's about to be like, see, you don't even know if you're in the, she's like, sign these papers. She's like, <laughs> I'm not even right going to let you have this fight with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, what are the papers? She's like, I'm emancipated myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm declaring my independence from you. Um, so she, uh, yeah, he's not into it. No, he's like, uh, well, I um, guess we have to have our accountant or lawyer, or whoever, look it over. She's like, make it happen. <laughs> and just <laughs> leaves. leaves. Yeah, I love that. I enjoy the fact that it's like, he could have very, he was going to bring her right back into the same fight. And she's like, this nope. isn't even relevant anymore. Yep. We're not because you are no longer in control of me. That's yep. it. Um, well, I, like- I mean, technically he has to sign the papers. That's the thing. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to see Ben running to class. Yeah, just sprinting. Sprinting down a hallway. Very long hallway. Yeah, but he is locked out. He is locked out of his OCAM class. Yeah, do we remember this guy? Is this the same guy? Don't it wasn't he the same professor who locked was it Felicity out? He locked somebody got locked out. Don't think I, so. Yeah. Feel like I think he's a guy who's been in other things, but I don't know that he we've seen him in another role in this one. Um, this teacher will not let him in. Uh, he's like, you're late door locks on the hour. There's going to be a quiz on this material in the next class. And if you miss another one, you're out. Yep. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yep. Yeah. He's, he, he's a character we'll see a bit more of. 
And uh, it's not a good start, that's for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't seem like he's going to be, like, in Ben's corner. Yeah. Yeah. So now Felicity's going to go back to see Cavallo. I guess it's after two. And she's trying to get the final decision here. Cavallo's like, good stuff. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. he, he doesn't quite say that. I mean, he says good stuff. Good stuff. And she says, but. And then he says, yeah, yeah but. Uh, maybe you should take like composition. She's like, yeah, I took that. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, Bradshaw has a shading and, and form class. And she's, she's just like, yeah, yeah. I heard, heard that was good. And he's going to get another phone call. And yeah. we already know what he's like when he's on the phone. She's just, just sitting just... there reeling. And, I, you know, it's like, how can you reject somebody without actually ever rejecting them? That's him. Uh, no, I think he rejected her. He rejected yeah. her, but he didn't yeah. say, he never said you didn't get in. He was like, it looks good, but maybe try the composition class. She's like, hmm. Yeah. And also first, I mean, she's a senior. This is a... yeah. Like, what did, there's no second and now you're in the class. Yeah. Right? That this is it. It's probably so, a year-long honors program, I would guess, but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he's doing it again the next semester. But also the fact that he starts with composition and then moves to another class. Yeah. Is like, Shading generally, feels- you're just not going to get in. Yeah, like it, it does feel like a this is a hard pass, but yeah. um, not very like useful critique of how to be. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it, it's a it. no. It, yeah. It's a. I think it's a pretty clear no, and I think yeah. she gets that because we get this lingering shot on her face, and um, what did you say she was reeling? And I put she's dazed. Yeah, I think like, it was some combination. I could reeling wasn't quite the right word. Um, Dazed probably is. Like she, she just doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what's happening. She doesn't know what's like. Yeah, things are pretty out of control in her world right now. Yeah. So now so this we is... go to another competition. This was... year is Ben V Printer. I was trying to decide because this for me is actually weirdly the most comedic moment of the episode but it only lasts a moment it's because of the camera angle and the way they have them coming in and i was trying to think like this feels like another scene we have seen with ben and i can't did they do something like this with him fighting with the the espresso machine i mean the espresso machine burned him with the steam yeah just the way his face comes in to slowly the they start it with your behind the cameras behind the printer and through a little crack between the printer and whatever, like maybe the computer that was next. You could just see a little window where all of a sudden Ben's face starts to come into the frame. And I'm just trying to think if we have seen um, this done I before. I mean, it's not coming to my mind, but it's definitely possible. Um I would say I found no part of this comedic, but just because he looked so upset 
and maybe it's the buzz cut and me like already feeling like he's very aggro right now. Mm -hmm. Um, no, for me, it, it very quickly shifts, but my first instinct when I see him just slowly sliding into frame was to laugh. And then you very quickly realize that he is just like fed up. He's obviously been dealing with this printer for a good long time now, but the printer isn't really the problem. Um, but it also is the problem at this particular moment until Felicity walks in and then she's the problem. Um, it was sort of like this weird accusatory camera angle. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there was dialogue here, but I actually didn't really focus on that. I, Mm -hmm. my notes were they've both just had really bad days. Yeah. Like Ben's had a really bad day. Felicity's had a really bad day. And this situation is going to test their relationship. And then I put next to it, maybe this is not a time for either one of them to be in a relationship. It seems like there is too much on both of their plates. Because the thing too is that this doesn't become a fight where... so. Felicity comes in and definitely wants to tell him about what just happened with Cavallo. Like you can see that she's winding up to be like, here was my day. Mm -hmm. But Ben's pissed. He puts the focus on this printer. She can't, (laughs) he's like, can't fix the printer. I don't know what's wrong with the printer. The printer's causing a problem. I need to get this done. She's like, well, let me check it out. She just like closes the (laughs) lid. She's like, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Um, I feel like this was a moment for Noel. Remember, he needed yeah. to get into the chi or whatever it was <laughs> from that. Like the reason he opened that lid was that the tray was that he couldn't find what was wrong with the printer and he was inspecting it. Her just closing the tray again <laughs> doesn't Yeah. Really well, she do closed anything. it and then proceeded to ask him, does it have paper in it? Mm-hmm. Have you tried turning it on? Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, um, I don't know anything about printers, man. Maybe this is not the moment to ask yeah. if he is, in fact, as stupid as you think he is. Yeah. So when he so she sees that he's really frustrated and he reveals. I guess what I like about what he is revealing, he he doesn't overtly blame anything on her but he's like I just missed my first OCHEM lecture because I was late and then Felicity's like because I was late um he's not railing into her about her failings but there obviously is a connection here but it's for him this is about him this is about his stuff right now and this is like his world is ending because he just missed his first OCAM lecture and now the printer's not working. It's a mess. And he does not have the bandwidth for her problems. Yeah. Or even her as a human without problems. I don't know. I, I saw this as him taking his frustration out on her. Um, and it felt very on brand. <laughs> for Ben. Um, I think she was late. She was very late and she was supposed to cover for him. And I think she did not take ownership of that. And then he, it, it, the ripple effect of that was a big problem for him. 
And she did take ownership. Mm. She showed up late. She tried to explain. She was like, you know, but he was out of there so fast. Yeah, because he was late and he was trying to get to his class. I think in this conversation, I think she's like, oh, you were really upset about that? He's like, yeah. Um, I think is he taking it out on her? He's not going to her and being like, you just made me miss Ochem. But he is. He absolutely is in this like passive aggressive, uh, like an also aggressive way. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, taking out on the the computer and on the printer and on her. And he's like, I was locked out of class because I was late. She knows exactly what he means. Yeah. And her reaction is, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to be late. Like when you look at the two of them, she's been through something today too. Yeah. He's been through something. She's been through something. He is angry and he is making her feel worse. Yeah. She is becoming more like meek and saying she's sorry and I didn't mean to be late and trying to placate him and apologize. And he's just like, whatever. Yeah, I'm going go to go play basketball. basketball. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like you see these two different whatevers. Mm-hmm. One from Felicity, where she's talking about her dad, and it's this very, like, resigned whatever, mm-hmm. I guess, would be the way I put it. Whereas his is is so angry. It is, I think he is blaming her with every word and the tone of his voice. It's very clear that he is blaming her. And she takes that on. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, I see a bit of that, but I don't think, I think that he is in a real general frustration about this situation. Like he is doing his, he has been trying to do his very best to get onto this new track. And he is having to fight the universe at every single turn. And he's having to fight his guidance counselor, Felicity being like this printer. I think there's a lot, you know, he's, he's now just met his OCHEM professor and he is not off to a good start. Um, And that's fine. But she is turning around and having to pay for school and cut ties with her family and declare her independence. And she didn't get into this class. And yet she's, she's making room for him. She's trying to make him feel better. And mm-hmm. all he's doing is thinking about himself and venting his frustration, like in her direction, as well as the printers, as well as the worlds. Right. Mm-hmm. And then going to like do something by himself, let's assume. Um, to and go blow also, off steam. like, yes all of that true and also she's making space for him after she's making space for Noel in every single one of these moments so I think like I I think that they are failing the communication and relationships tests they seem to be really disconnected with each other right now and I think if I look at what they're more connected with I think Ben maybe more connected to his ambition and Felicity more connected to Noel. Um, I think, I, at least from this first episode, 
and this could change because we know it changed, everything changes. But to me, it seems like, she, yes, she's floundering, she's lost, but she knows what she doesn't want. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to be controlled by her father. And she yeah. doesn't want to be pre-med. Um, <clears throat> so at least she's figured you know that much out. And this connection with Noel to me feels um, very circumstantial, very time dependent. You know, they're both there at the same time, feeling similar things, and it just seems very unhealthy, mm-hmm. um, like codependent. I think you may have said that earlier that yeah. they, it just seems really codependent. Um, Something's so, just yeah. off, you know. It's it's they're good they're good friends, but some but um, just everything seems a little off, you yeah. know. Especially when you look at the 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 rough outline of this, and it's like Ben and Felicity love story in relationship, Noel and Felicity not. Right. And but then you look all... at it and it's like, hmm, not how this is playing out at all. But they've spent all summer supporting each other. Mm-hmm. The question is why now? Right. Yeah. Why, why are things ramping up now? And I think this is part of it. Ben gets back and she's had in her mind this supportive Ben who, you know, is going to be there and make things better. And, and then he comes back. And not only is he not that, he's making things worse. But I would actually disagree that she's, because the one, the one glimpse we get into her summer is Noel, Javier, and Felicity on the roof tanning. And at the end of that whole conversation, Javier makes it a point to say, you know, whose name isn't coming up at all these days? Ben's. Yeah. So like her, her vision of him coming back and being supportive does she have that vision? Is I she think thinking she does about it? because her her response is, "He's coming back in two days. He's my boyfriend. I love him." Like I feel like that's just been her kind of anchor. You know, but I, th- this, I think in the th- same way that you said that he uh, that she's maybe like just like taking it for granted. I don't think that she's like really visualizing that and leaning on it. I think that was her answer to Javier. And it was just like, I think it's the reason that nothing happened between her and Noel over the summer because she had this thing, right? She had Ben and she had this like idea of Ben as he's my boyfriend, you know, he's coming back. I love him. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back and that's what changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, um, let's go back over to Javier and Elena. So we're at the ladies apartment. Javier finds Elena in her room and he just had a he just had a, re- a revelation for himself. So Almondina, who was helping with the wedding dress, handed Javier back the picture that she was using as a reference. And Javier realizes this is Elena's mom. Mm-hmm. And he comes in like tail between his legs. He's so tender. He's like, I this dress was supposed to be you recreating your mom's wedding dress, huh? Yeah. 
It's like, I forgot even to think about the fact that your mom's not here. And actually, I mean, where's his, where's her dad even, you know, know. <laughs> like, um, he's probably watching sports somewhere. Yeah. He's probably watching like wheel of fortune or something in his, um, in his chair. Yeah, probably. Right. So, yep. you know, it's just hitting Javier, the lack of, of a support system that Elena actually has from her family. So he just says, you know, let's get this dress perfect. Yeah. I actually wrote that down. I was like, he's trying to support her. Yeah. He is trying to be there for her. Yeah. Because guess who's not there? Tracy. Yeah, it's true. So true. Lena's Start paying him to come in and help her with this wedding so she doesn't have to go crazy. Yeah, it's true. All right. So we're going to get a knock on the door from Edward Porter. Felicity will greet him. So awkward. It is. He um he had the accountant look at the papers. He signed them. She thanks him. And then he says the thing that made me want to slap his face. Well, but first, before <laughs> any of that, she invites him in and he says no. So yeah. they're gonna do this whole thing in the hallway while he has pushed the elevator button down. Probably the best thing. Well, you know, why is he coming into the apartment? So, you know, it was just so awkward. It was like, but I guess ugh. why that mattered to me is that it's sort of like she's she's saying like, yeah, the things have changed, and do you want to come in under these new pretenses, or it's her just like falling into old routines while having changed the game. Edward Porter is like, not worth my time. I was here for one reason. Like, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense to me if he's just like a full-blown narcissist and he came in trying to get his supply and then she's like cutting this supply off. He's like, well, what am I doing here then? What's the use of this? I don't know. I do think he's hurt. I think he's hurt by this. Sure. Um, and I think he he also kind of doesn't know what to do with this. And so it's like, he's, he's come there to give her the papers, but it's I'm, like, yeah, he, do, he doesn't know what, like, there's nothing else to say. Right. And it's textbook narcissistic reaction like this. Yeah. is So, so he, he says to her, this is not how I wanted this trip to go. I love you. Not how you wanted this trip to go. So you wanted to bully your daughter into changing her life's course because you're paying for things. That's, that's how you wanted this trip to go. Mm -hmm. Then she was like, stop bullying me. I'll pay for things. And that's a problem for you. Like, well, yeah, of course it is. It's yeah. Good. Like if, if this, if this was at all a healthy relationship, it would be like, all right but you still invited me to come in. Like, I, I just, I like, yeah, there's something hurtful about saying, I don't need you in this way anymore. And if this could be a healthy relationship, take this moment to go, all right, you're paying for your life now. And I'm still your dad. And what do we make this look like? He doesn't want to have that conversation. At least he said, I love you. <sighs> And then gets on the elevator and leaves, you know, it's like he takes, he's taking his toys and leaving, you know, it's just, I, I, I don't know. He's so 
yeah, he says, I love you. What does that mean? Like, look what he just did for the entire episode. And now you're going to give the meekest of love bombs and leave. Like, I don't, I don't don't know. I I actually, so he, he says, I love you. She says, I love you, but this is important. Mm -hmm. And she lies about the teacher loving her. I mean, he asks about her class Mm -hmm. and she's like, yeah, my, the teacher loved my work. You know, she's lying. And I wrote down, like, is this healthy? Um, I really struggle with the fact that Felicity keeps lying about this art program. And I don't know if that's because I don't feel comfortable with lying myself. Or if it's because I don't see a need for her to be doing it at all. If she's willing to take this stance, like her adding in. But they both just said, I love you. So at some level, she wants to continue this relationship. And if she were to say, I mean, I think there's two parts to this, three parts, I would say, actually. One, she's floundering, right? Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want him to know that. Mm -hmm. Two, there's just shame around having not gotten into this course. And three, if she then says that, it opens up, it, it like validates what he was saying. And it like opens up the conversation again, which I don't think she wants to have or do. So she's like, look, it's just easier to say this because, you know, I do still want to have a relationship and, you know, I do still love you as my father. And and he's saying, I love you. I don't, I don't think that he doesn't love her. I just think it's in his own narcissistic way, which looks very twisted. Um, but you know, it, she's not, she is setting a boundary, but she is not going no contact. And I yeah. think this is the lubricant that she is using is like, I can still have a successful career. I, I want to do it on my own. I'm going to continue to like assure you so that you stop bugging me mm-hmm. that like this is working out and and for me the question of is this healthy uh was about her kind of declaring her independence and him accepting that i actually think him coming signing the papers like he could have not signed the papers mm-hmm. i think him coming and signing the papers and giving them to her and saying i love you and hearing it back and asking about her um you know ab- about her major about this class she's interested in this could have gone a lot worse i'm not saying it's great yeah i but i think it could have gone a lot worse and i think they're better off at the end of this conversation than they were before it. I think they're exactly where they the were. papers. I, I don't think, I, yes, he has signed the papers. That is a logistic thing. I think that they are going to continue to spin around on this wheel forever. Yeah. But at least he signed the papers. Yeah, he definitely, he signed the papers and he will continue to approach her with the same exact, like, I, I don't see that this has changed their relationship. Not I even think it one a, bit. Absolutely changed their relationship. She has severed 
financial ties. He actually doesn't have control over her. That is a huge change in the relationship. That that shifts things a little, but until she goes no contact, there will always be this dynamic between them. So it's like the, he needs control and he's always going to find a way to have that control, whether it be by cutting her down, whether it be by telling her what he should be, she should be doing. And she can say to him, you don't have that financial control over me, but he still needs control. And she's still allowing like these moments to happen. So, and so as long as she's allowing them to happen, he's going to still be controlling. He's not going to change how he is. So like when I see them say, I love you, it seems very like, uh, this is how we end our conversations. It doesn't feel like real love. And this does not feel no, nothing about their dynamic feels healthy. I'm glad that she's now exerted some, the start of control in her life by getting this amount of financial independence. But I like, there is a rhythm in their relationship that will not be disrupted by this. If anything, it could actually exacerbate it for some time. So it's like, he's eventually going to have to try to fight harder to get her back into his like process. Um, that I just, is an ugly time. I, I would think that would be very ugly. It's not, it's not good. I think there is a level of protection for her now in that, like she can always say, but I'm paying for it. So, you know, like she could end a conversation like that, but the conversations are probably still going to come. Yeah. Um, so I just, he, it's really, um, yeah, like it's interesting the pieces that we really picked up on from this, because for me, I zoned in on him saying, this is not how I wanted this trip to go. And I, I, yeah. I can visualize what he thought was going to happen here. And it's not pretty. No, it's, but for me, I didn't even write that down because it would, it like, it was so obvious, right? Mm -hmm. Like he came there, it, it, it's not like he's had a lobotomy, right? Mm -hmm. He is who he is. Yeah. And it's like, this is not how I thought this trip would go. Duh, like, of course it's, you didn't expect to come and sign independent papers and not have control. And you thought you were gonna come and lay down the law and have her get in order. And guess what? Didn't happen. Like, mm -hmm. boohoo for you. But like, I don't know. It it didn't even register because it was, it was just like, yeah, like that's who he is. Yeah, it is. And then to be at a point where he came to her, she invited him in and he's like, this isn't how I wanted this trip to go. And he's not open to like, he's made it so that he came to her right before he had to leave or he's just wasn't interested in hanging around to explore where this relationship goes from here. He was just like, not how I thought this was going to go. Here are your papers. And he's out. And yeah. it's, it's, um, you know, uh, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, it, but I do also think that he was hurt by this. Yeah. Even though some may say that perhaps he was asking for it, um, <laughs> you know, kind of uh, like she had to do what she had to do and mm -hmm. you got hurt. 
Yeah. But like, I do think there's an element of him wanting to get out of there in part because this is painful. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Not good. Not good, Edward. No, Edward, you're just what a what a journey. What a sort of like weird um roller coaster of a journey they've been on in terms of like the times when he's like this and the times when he's well I guess the times when he's more understanding of Felicity is when like he's going through a divorce and she knows exactly. it exactly so it is a weird journey of like she's lost now he was lost when he like lost his job and his wife and you know all that stuff mm-hmm. um so it's just kind of yeah it's you would think he would have a little bit more empathy given that he just went through that yeah and that he had now has an ex-wife maybe he might learn this is how you push people away Mm -hmm. but that doesn't seem to be what's currently happening i guess from a power dynamic standpoint when he was struggling and she was being supportive that was a way that he knew she was going to come to him um but and then in the, when you reverse that dynamic when she is struggling that's a chance for him to then reassert his control and to get back into a power dynamic so i it 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 checks it checks out i i think um i don't know it's it's so frustrating to watch his character but i think it's very real i think it's uh you know he he represents a controlling person that any of us might know in our lives it just may or may not be apparent you know like i think that's what control looks like and he you know when it's apparent there may be certain words that might be more likely to come out you know like than if it were uh a partner or yeah like i think you might have some different language that gets used but i think the feeling of it is still the same yeah control so, okay, so we're going to see Felicity's walking again. She's finishing up her voiceover to Sally. <laughs> uh, she's like, why am I so afraid of the future anyway? Huh? Isn't it just time? What's the big deal? You know, it's time. Yeah, gonna... I mean, we can understand why she's afraid because we remember Dr. Pavone was very clear that um, in time, you will die. Ah. That was That was her takeaway. Right. All will, yeah. yeah. So, mm. so Felicity is now going to, she's on the roof of the loft. She's not living there anymore. She's, I guess, living back in her uh, her apartment. But she just came to the roof because that was the summer hangout. That's where everything became better. Um, yeah. I put she's, heart, she's hiding in Tar Beach. Yeah. And Noel's going to come up to hide in Tar Beach too. And he finds her there. Didn't know she was going to be there. And, uh, Turns out his job didn't work out. Yeah. Or Noel. Also turns out her honors program didn't work out. Yeah. Um, I enjoy Noel's comment about the job not working out. It's like, how do you yada yada through this as quickly as possible? And he goes, <laughs> um, turns out Rod yeah. is fickle. Rod <laughs> has problems. <laughs> That's the end of what we know about that job. Yeah. Rod liked a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What a picture they paint of this rod figure. I know. Um, wild. Uh, 
And I was like, it's not a big deal. Plus he's like, yeah, it is. It's just that support that like, yeah. don't you even, I know this is a big deal. Stop it. Um, and then, and then she does it. She's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm just realizing how right my dad is. And I like that she clarifies. It's not that he's right about she should be in pre-med or that he should have control over her. Just this idea that she is lost at this moment in time. That's just where she is. Mm -hmm. And then they comfort each other. They, they, well, they touch foreheads for a good long time. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, look, yes, kissing is intimate, but like, I've been at a party and kissed someone. All right. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. I've never like been at a party and like touched foreheads with someone. Like to me, that is a very intimate thing that I've only ever done with people I've dated. It's, it's very like, it is a really a symbol of their connection in a way that starting to kiss wasn't yet. Like it yeah. is, but I think starting it with the forehead touch is like, whoa, these two people are like, their brains are connected now. Um, and then they start kissing and they're going to have sex. So, oh. yeah, they're, they're, they, as no, I mean, as they're, they're leaning back, they're lying down as they're kissing. They're it, trying that to was show not you without showing you. clear to me at all. That yeah. That's what was happening. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like they were, they're kissing and they're, they're lying down, but they, it's when they pan back and they show them sort of the, um, they're, what, what do I want to say for this? They're the, like, they're taking it, the whole scene in and you could see them and they're, it's more of their profile and you're watching them still kiss, but you watch them start to like lie down with Noel on top of her. I mean, but sometimes that happens when they're playing boggle. So that was not clear to me that that's what was going on. <laughs> yeah. I will say like when they open the next episode, they're not going to show you like they wake up. Yeah. after you know it's like you're you're not gonna get to see the love scene happening that's it was the they're lying down and then yeah. they're gonna pick up with like right after Holy shit what did we just do yeah. i mean that's kind of ballsy with ben right downstairs um yeah hmm. um well he doesn't know about tar beach so they're safe uh, uh of course he knows she about did the say it was the roof <laughs> Yeah, and he has been uh, on the roof before, but I don't know that he would. Yeah, think I think to he's look aware there. there's a roof. Yeah, but I really like the song that was going on in the background. I don't know when which one you had, but um, as they were kissing, some of the words were like happenstance and life is but a game of chance, and it just really reflected how I felt about what was happening with Felicity and Noel. It, it was just timing. Mm-hmm. It was it's timing and it's i don't know it it's not it's not something that i think uh it has been built into a romantic relationship Mm -hmm. it's almost like going through trauma together and just holding on to each other so you know i again look I'm not loving Ben for the whole aggro thing. And this feels very wrong. So, uh, you know, 
this whole episode to me was confusing and awkward and I didn't understand what people were feeling or what was going on. And that is where I continue to be. And I guess that's uh, a win for maybe what they were trying to do in the show. You know, like I think they were trying to bring us into this world where just like, has there ever really been a time when Felicity was like so totally engrossed with Noel and not with Ben, you know, like I, I mean, I guess you could make an argument that like in season two, right before, right as Noel is starting to get together with Ruby, she was kind of focused on him. But even but also that. With the Hannah stuff. I think when Hannah came into the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ben was still like, you still had this question around where you're, where are you, where, where are your feelings right now around Ben? It's almost like. Yeah. Ben was kind of like unattainable, um, but not necessarily undesired. Yeah. I think th- this is really the first time, like, cause even with the Ruby stuff, I, I just, the quality of that felt different. It feels like Noel and Felicity need each other right now. Yes. Like yes. in a way that I've never felt they were so connected and his desperate, like he's usually so desperate and thirsty, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this feels very much like they are on equal footing. I agree with that. Yeah. He doesn't feel, he does not feel like he's like eating a hamburger when he kisses her. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, like I, it, I think, yeah, maybe that is it. It's the equal footing of it all. We just haven't really seen that with them before. So it feels very different to me. But circumstantial, but they're both coming from like a, a damaged codependent part, like yeah. perspective. So it's not, while like, it may right. be equal, it's still not healthy. Yeah. And, you know, then you add the fact that like Felicity is actually in a relationship with Ben and saying she wants to be in a relationship with Ben. And then what's that? You know, so it's like on paper, it just looks wrong, but it feels kind of right. But then it feels kind of unhealthy. Um, and I think that's just the sort of the magic of what they've set up here to start off this season. They wanted yeah. to start us in a totally different place. And, and I, I guess they were very successful at that. I have not felt this way during any other episode. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, I guess we see where we go from here because it's a new starting point. So, yeah. I mean, be... I do wonder, is this mood and and the darkness and the type of um sort of shots that they're going to have like is that is this foreshadowing for the rest of the season are we going to continue to see this or you know in the light of the day the next day is it bright and all of a sudden there's documentary again i think so i don't remember um exactly like execution wise uh, like artistically how they get to the tone. So I can't promise anything in terms of like darkness or color scheme or anything like that. Um, but it's pretty dark this season, like in terms of how I feel about it and in terms of the tone and I like dark stuff, but they just, they make a couple choices that don't make sense to me. 
um, or haven't in the past. So it's sort of like, I don't know if I'm fully on board with the ride, but I guess we'll see. I mean, I do, I do like where they started this episode, where they started the season with this episode. And I, um, I think they have a lot of potential from here. And then I think I need us to deep dive on this to see if it turns me around on season four, because, uh, I go in, I'm underselling this in my head. Um, and we'll just, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's complex and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it leaves me wondering, I guess. It, it leaves me with many things to think about and obviously multiple interpretations. Um, and so I also like that. Yeah. Well, Fish. Yes. Uh, you know, it's time for our you're the worst segment mm-hmm. and uh who'd you come up with who's the worst yeah yeah i had uh some people to choose from but i don't think i'm gonna get too much pushback on this one dr edward porter you're the worst you were stalking felicity again saying that she is wasting her life you hypocrite remember when you lost your job and your wife and were taking meds who supported you then who got you back up on your feet yeah felicity helped you out and now you and your ex-wife who you're probably controlling don't feel comfortable subsidizing your daughter in a moment when she feels lost, when she's getting her feet under her for the first time. Okay, fine. It's your money, it's your decision, but don't you dare give us those sad wounded eyes when she declares her independence. This isn't the first time you've proven yourself controlling and untrustworthy. She may be lost now, but I have no doubt that she will figure it out and she'll do it without you. Not because of you, but in spite of you, making you, Edward Porter, the worst. Here, here, Edward Porter, you're the worst. Yeah, oh, just like you. Can't with him. Oh man, my goodness, well, Fish, it's time for our favorite segment. Yay. After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. And there's actually tape this time. Uh Uh-huh. So trying to think about the best way to approach this. A lot of of the feedback we have is actually from season three. Um, Stuff that felt like, oh, we should probably bring that back in here. But I will, I'll start with the first thing that's, um, This is just a random fun fact that I didn't know about and just something for us to think about. But I wanted to mention it here because of the fact that we're seeing Bob Clendenin show up in more than one role. Um, We have at Ruby and Simba 13 who says to us, hey, this is random. But did you all already know that the lawyer for Javier when he met with Felicity for the green card marriage was the same actress who played Sean's mom? No. 
So we're going to see another, I think we're going to see another Sean's mom scene coming up at some point this season. So we'll have to check for that. Uh, I, I didn't I track remember that. The, uh, I don't remember yet? the first Sean's mom moment. When was that? Did we meet her yet? No, maybe we met his dad and his brother. Um, I don't remember. His so mom. we're, we're going to get a little bit, a little bit of Sean's mom. And I, I just felt like, Ooh, that's kind of fun to bring up when we have an episode where we just saw somebody come back for a second role. So I don't know. I guess it's nice that you can bring cool people back (laughs) again uh, and hope that everybody has a really short memory, but not Ruby and Simba 13. (laughs) Gotcha. Pretty good stuff. Um, Okay. We have two comments on the finale. The first one on the episode. So um, at Galinsky underscore says, I love this episode. I love Felicity's tape to Noel. There's so many memorable moments. She couldn't wait to hear our take on that one. And she's want and to hear whether fish thinks Ruby's baby's cameo was worth it. I mean, she made 16 wild guesses as to how Ruby and her baby would feature into the plot. It was a funny segment of your season three episodes. Yeah. Um, well, I can answer that second one. Mm-hmm. No. No, she did not live up to my expectations. She was not a ninja. She did nothing with the power grid. Um, she did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Except make Melissa laugh. But wait me. till you see what she does in season four. No, I'm not falling for that. I'm not falling for that again. It's not happening. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's not happening. There will be no more sightings of eva how do you know um i just know (laughs) somewhere deep down in my soul i just know Hmm. well Um, but wait um, also the first part of that it it was noel leaving a tape to felicity right yeah it was Noel leaving a tape to felicity but felicity was sharing a lot of her thoughts with dr pavone so i like and some yeah. of it ended up being voiceover. So it kind of blends at a certain That's point. Um, <laughs> at Colleen.Tenbus uh, had thoughts on our on our season three finale pod- podcast or just season three in general. She says, I so enjoyed your last podcast, which is the season three finale. I have to say, I never really loved season three, but watching along with you guys and hearing the discussion makes me realize there really isn't a bad season of this show. That feels rewarding. It does. Yay. I have to say there was a lot of meat on its bones, especially when we meet Avery. And um, yeah, I I think it made me feel better about season three than I thought I did too. Yeah, I mean, look. Clearly, I had issues with a particular cast member during that entire season. Um, But other than that, I mean, they brought some really interesting themes and ideas in and relationships and some beautiful blue eyes from Eddie Cahill. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I don't know. I mean, clearly from our ratings, we didn't like it as much. I, in particular, didn't like it as much as the first two. 
But that was heavily brought down by two particular episodes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, overall, um, I still liked it. I mean, I, yeah, I still liked it. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, there you have it. Um, okay, so we also have a comment from a new listener to the show who, okay, so uh, Betsy actually wrote us a lot of really cool stuff, um, most of which was about, she's a bit behind us where we are, but she's working really hard to catch up. So Betsy was writing a lot about help for the love, Lauren. And just for the record, she basically agreed almost entirely with me, Fish. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw um, that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine because we all have our different opinions. Yeah. So, you know, if anybody wants to hear Betsy's comments about helpful love learn, we'll go there. But what I actually wanted to bring in, uh, cause she said a lot of cool things about it, but what I wanted to bring in was like, Betsy seems to be somebody who has like industry knowledge and she corrected mostly me on something that I've been misusing a term. And so I wanted to share this with all of you because we can, I'm not just going to let you all sit here <laughs> with the wrong understanding of the term bottle episode. Okay. So but thank you for this, Betsy. So she says, I just want to flag that you're using the term bottle episode to mean a standalone episode, but that's not what a bottle episode is. A bottle episode is where it's just a few characters, like just, for example, the six, the main six friends, and the whole episode takes place on basically one set. Like, for example, they're all in Monica's apartment the whole time. A standalone is something different, just an episode that stands apart from the rest of the ongoing plot and could be pulled out or moved to a different place in the season or show without affecting it, without affecting the plot because, well, it stands alone. It doesn't advance the ongoing plot. She says Helpful to Love Lauren was definitely a standalone and definitely not a bottle episode. Um, so I actually did a little bit more looking into that. And, and it is really like bottle episodes are about budget, about conserving budget. So it's more like the number of locations, it seems like. Um, they just try not to move it around too much. Probably, you know, try to keep it really a sim uh, simple in terms of not having a lot of moving parts for camera work and um, like not having a lot of different setups. So that was super helpful. All right. Yeah. I mean, look, the more you know. Uh, the, I'm definitely uh, new for me. And because I have been misusing that, I, I'm glad we've corrected that for the audience who's hanging on our every word. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Betsy, keep writing in as you catch up to where we are. We want to hear. We want to hear your thoughts. Um, She's also brand new to the show, which made me worried because I was like, oh, <laughs> I spoil so much. Um, but she's like, no, it's fine. You give a heads up. So I, that, that feels good. That feels good. Um, <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> How's that if, going? <laughs> if you remember at the very beginning, you were like, look, we only need to say it's not spoiler free once. And, you know, you did get to torture me for an entire season with Ruby's baby, fine. But I have been torturing you for three and will continue to do so through four seasons, making you say it is not a spoiler-free podcast at the beginning of every single well, episode. But there are times, like, you know, when we got to the shooting, I, I telegraphed that for you an episode in advance, maybe 
Um, I think so. Maybe because I was like, I thought it was going to happen this time. Yeah, I like there were there were a couple like major things that happened midway through. And like the back half of season three that I feel like I sort of just was like, well, fish don't get too comfortable with this. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, so it's, it's fun to hear from somebody who's watching it for the first time and, uh, and it's still checking out in its own way. Um, and also seems like Betsy's kind of in the same age range as most of us who seem to really like this show. So it's like, Oh, how did you miss it the first time? And how are you finding it now? I think that's really cool. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but yeah, so those are our audience comments nice. that in any way relate to where we are right now. And, you know, fish it's, it's time for us to rate the episode and based on our, based on our conversation today, I don't know where we're heading with this. Um, did you want to jump in or do you, like where what's the order you wanted to go in here um i can go first okay i feel pretty pretty solid on this um you know just basically what i've been saying i was very confused through most of it but i also liked a lot of the camera work and the you know tone and i think hopefully what they're setting us up for um so i mean just because i don't know where it's gonna go and i don't like 100 percent trust <laughs> that stuff is gonna continue uh because sometimes they just drop things um you know i have been burned a, a few times so uh i'm just gonna you know rate it for what it is Mm-hmm. And then we'll see what happens next time. Uh, so I'm going to give it, uh, as always, I rate in gloves. I'm going to give it 7.5 gloves. Okay. And then we'll see if it continues. It could it could go up in the future. Yeah. All right. That seems fair. We are not far apart on this, actually. So I, um, I am rating this one. My unit of measurement, as you all know, changes every time. And this time it is tar beaches uh-huh yes and i'm gonna rate this one at 7.8 out of 10 tar beaches okay um there is stuff i really love in this episode i like the 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 fact that they are trying to begin us in a totally new place so that we can see what this journey might look like i like that they had some really interesting moments of camera work in this episode uh, and like symbolic camera placements and choices that I thought were interesting and cool. Um, I like that they're showing us the total disconnection between Ben and Felicity and the total connection between Noel and Felicity and all the many ways they're exploring that. But there were a couple things I didn't like. We should not be having Dear Sally segments anymore. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry that you um, have to say that again. So, so there's that. I mean, at this point, Felicity's tape should be like, Sally, are you alive? I have not heard from you in years. Do you care about me? Do you like me? <laughs> Do you want to receive these tapes? 
Is there a better way to communicate with you? Are you ignoring me on purpose or are you being passive aggressive? Like these are the kinds of questions (laughs) she should be wondering about where she is with Sally right now. Um, No, I agree. There should be no more more conversations. It should be, she should have called the cops like several years ago, reported a missing person and, you know, that's it. What was the, I mean, it just made me think of um, when Harry met Sally, when he leaves her a voicemail and it's been a while since I've seen it, but he says something like, she's not answering his calls and she's, he says something, he leaves this voicemail that's like, you're either you either a don't want to talk to me or b you're home mm-hmm. desperately want to talk to me but trapped under something heavy yes if the answer and i think there's a c there's, there's a third and option he's like I if it it's a or c yeah give me a call back yeah yeah i feel <laughs> like it's a similar thing here with what's going on with sally but anyway so i dinged the episode a bit for this yeah. um but also i I don't know how you would get where they got here from where they left off in the last season without a ton of exposition, but there were some moments where I was like, this is just <laughs> like a lot of explaining. Um, and it felt, it made it at moments feel a little bit plodding for me. So I, but I, I appreciate that they were trying to get us to a totally new place and that they were trying to show us that it's a summer that did it. Yeah. So for me, it's 7.8 out of 10 tar beaches. And yeah, that's where I land with it. Bit of a, bit of a mix, bit of a highs and lows kind of episode right there. I can see that. Yeah. But makes me interested makes me interested for season four. Um, so that's good. But hey, folks, we we want to know what you think. Okay, so go ahead, send us your feedback. Send us your thoughts. Send us your Felicity fan art. Send us your fact checking. Send us your send us your citizen detective answering us, answering yeah. our questions from previous episodes. We love it all. We love to hear from you. So if you want to write to us, you can reach us at themelissafish at gmail.com. It's Melissa with one L, two S's, the Melissa Fish at gmail.com. Also, you can find actually a whole bunch of really cool Felicity fans over on our Instagram at Felicity Podcast. And if you're wondering when we drop new episodes of our podcast, you can sign up for our newsletter. So wherever you're listening to this one, go check your show notes, look for the link in there, and then you can sign up for our newsletter. And while you're doing it, Go ahead and rate and review us because the more you share your thoughts about this podcast on different podcast platforms, the more likely other people are to find content like this so they can all become a part of our community. So those are the, that's the deal. Those are the things, right? And fish. Mm-hmm. The next episode that's coming up, the next one we're going to cover is called My Best Friend's Wedding. Hey, what do you oh. think is going to happen in that one? Well, I, I guess there could have been a cake in the fridge then. Um, I guess it's Tracy and Elena's wedding already. Uh, didn't see that happening so soon in the season. Uh-huh. Uh, and Timing I expected, is weird. 
Yeah, I expected there to be like a whole Tracy and Elena fighting like train wreck thing going on and there wasn't. So I don't, that's weird. Like timing is weird in season four. Yeah. For those who have tried to plan a wedding, I'm guessing three months or less is probably not realistic. Well, I guess this was airing in October. That's I mean, it still. Depends. It depends on how big the wedding is. I mean, I think you can. It's going to be like a proper, them. I think there's a fair number of guests. They have a you know, church and a reset. Like they, 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 it's, I don't think it's a plan this in three or four months sort of wedding, but who knows? But that's not my biggest problem. My biggest problem is I don't see them like they have not resolved their issues. Like he proposed and then like, where was the, here's my ring. I said, yes, conversations with people. Where's the, like the two of them interacting ahead of a wedding where like, I don't know. I thought, I thought this would be dragged out for like half a season. Yep. Huh. You're articulating, uh, I, although this particular thing doesn't bother me, I appreciate it that it does for you. And it sounds like it's bothering you for similar reasons as to some of the things that bother me. Um, in this huh. season storylines that feel like they needed a little air, a little room to breathe, maybe a little more time. Uh, like maybe she says yes. But what uh, we saw was she fainted. Right. Like yeah. she never, ex she never said yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, she did that over the summer fish. Okay. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently that's what happened. just heals all wounds. It, I'll end with one more quick story of uh, I remember this one time when I was starting out in improv and I was doing improv with all these people who had like a lot of experience and it scared the hell out of me. And I was very intimidated until I realized like, oh, you want to be doing improv with people who are very experienced because then there's like nothing that you can do that they can't get you out of. <laughs> like, <laughs> they have a tool for everything. And there was this one scene that I was watching uh, from, you know, we would watch each other as, you know, different groups would do scenes together. There was this one guy who was so good and they got it. They were doing this really long scene and it had to wrap up eventually. But the thing was like, they had set up so much. They had set up like triple the amount of any other scene that had ever been done. And like that session, that type of jam before. And I was like, what are they going to do? <laughs> like, honestly, how are they going to make this happen? And so this one guy was so good. He was doing this character that the whole time was like a little bit hard to understand. Like he kind of was slurring his words just a little bit. And you had to really listen closely to hear what he was saying. So he does this thing where he does this big speech from this character and he just starts slurring his words so much that he's unintelligible, but he's <laughs> clearly giving like an important speech that wraps up everything, everything that's been said. And then he ends and all the other characters on stage are like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then so it was like end scene. And it was like, wow, we actually really needed that. Because <laughs> it was impossible the number of threads that had been opened to like, like carry this out in any reasonable length of time. And he just found this beautiful way of just being like, you just got everything answered, but nothing answered at the same time. 
And I kind of feel like they're using the summer for that here where it's like, yeah. oh, what's happening now? Oh, it happened over the summer. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Here, we're here because of the summer. Okay. But like, I have not <laughs> seen a ring. Yeah. Like before the wedding, I want to see a ring. Yeah. The ring happened over the summer. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much, <laughs> so much that I want to see. And it yeah. all happened over the summer. It was over the summer. It's okay. Is it? The summer was awesome. Summer you know what I really, really want to happen? What? I would like Rob Benedict to come in and be the flower girl mm. for the wedding. That was decided over the summer. I think that should be yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 All, right. all right. So anyway, next time, my best friend's wedding. Anything else you wanted to say about this one, Fish? Nope. Just excited to see where it goes. Although I guess a lot of this stuff is going to get dropped in favor of closing the Tracy Elena thing. So cool. You think the stuff we opened up in this episode is going to get dropped for Tracy and Elena stuff? Well, if the next episode is all about the wedding. Oh, you're like, you're saying the stuff that Elena was doing in this episode. No, I'm saying like all like the stuff that was happening in this episode, they can't spend as much time on it because they have to do a whole wedding episode. Sure do. So, I mean, they're not going to be able to explore that much in the next episode, as much as I would like of the things they've started now because they have to do a whole wedding i feel like i've really like you're you're it's it sounds like you're really optimistic about season four episode two um i mean i'm on <laughs> brand you're on brand <laughs> for you it. are very on brand uh yeah. i can't decide if i am poisoning the well or if this is just how you would have felt so that's fine um we'll find out over the summer uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah well okay until next time fish don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.